There it is. I get on and Adam's talking about eating food and I haven't even ate yet. I'm hungry. That's right. It's delicious pizza. <clears throat> delicious bachelor your, chow. No, no, how no. Was your, how was your pizza? Oh, it was greasy and disgusting, but it's <laughs> oddly satisfying. <laughs> I've got this bad habit of accidentally spraying like the crust with Pam. So oh, it, wow. like, it, that's, like, not, that's not bad. It actually bakes it in a little bit stronger around the outside. So Yeah, I do that. Nom, nom, nom. I stopped doing that whenever I got nonstick pans, but yeah, I was bad about spraying Oh, them. no, I coat the shit out of everything, nonstick or no, otherwise. I'm just phobic of my pizza sticking to the pan. And you have that <laughs> one fucked up ass piece that's like half torn apart because you had to scrape the other half off the pan. Never again. My wife gets a kick out of me because I'm so fucking lazy. I cook anything and everything I can in the microwave, even though we have a perfectly good oven and a perfectly good, like, like toaster oven. Mm -hmm. So, like, we get pot stickers from the store, and she'll put them on a pan, spray them down with stuff, put them in the the toaster oven for, you know, 20, 25 minutes, Mm -hmm. and I'll take them and then just throw them in a microwave for six. (laughs) Good job. And uh, she was the one that got me on to spraying them down with uh, olive oil instead of just spraying them down with water. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, now, if, they, if you put olive oil on them, they don't stick to the side of the pot anymore, do they? They can't be called I, I pot stickers know, anymore. Pot sliders. I, exactly. uh, yeah. <laughs> they're slippery as fuck to eat, too, man. But they're good. They're so good. Get you some yaki and some soy sauce. Oh. Like I don't even have to eat bachelor food like that. I just do from time to time. I have I have leftovers. I have cooked food, but every now and again I get in the mood for a microwave pizza. Every now and again I move for some. I don't know. The one thing I haven't ate in so long, and this is something that was brought up by uh, an employee of mine at work recently. Uh, they were talking about hot pockets. Mm. Oh man, I know. Yeah, I know the, all the horror stories of hot pockets and all the shit that the, the comedy routines and all that around them but i used to live off of hot pockets for a long time and i thought i was eating fucking cuisine the way i do it this is how this is how fucking third third world first world i was eating my hot pockets i would heat them up in the microwave like normal but i would take on the side in a in a in a four ounce ramekin I put some mayonnaise and I put some uh, dill pickle relish and mix that shit up and then I would dip my barbecue hot pocket into the relish and it was like having a barbecue sandwich but it was a hot pocket. <laughs> Jesus, uh, the, the shit that I would do years ago, like oh man, I'm living the high life now. This is all I need. I need fucking ramen noodles for lunch and fucking barbecue hot pockets for dinner, and I'm I mean, living. I'll eat the uh, the pizza hot pockets. I'll eat them with uh, Catalina. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Get you some spam. Yeah. That's what you need. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) God. Cut it up into little cubes uh, and burn it. This is the worst. This is the worst. I would take uh, Chef Boyardee lasagna out of the can, heat it up in the microwave, and then I would put Parmesan cheese on top like I was a fucking Olive Garden reject (laughs) or something. But by God. By God, I was living the high life. I was like, "Fuck all y'all spending all this money." I spend like two fifty a week, and I got dinner all the time. <laughs> and then I look at what I eat, and I'm like, "Oh God!" Make your life expectancy about twenty years shorter than theirs too. Yep. Yep. When I die, when I'm on, y'all are gonna y'all are gonna be there. 
when I'm on my deathbed at 61, I want one of y'all to be like, Hot Pockets, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> you want a, one last Hot Pocket before you go? <laughs> it burns the side of your mouth when you bite into it and you die. That's the last feeling you have on this earth. And it's completely cold know. inside your mouth. <laughs> I don't know if it's due to old age or older age or the fact that I do have a wife that cooks great food or maybe I'm just getting stuck up. I don't fucking know, but I'm finding it more and more difficult as time goes on to enjoy like fast food type stuff. Now I want to do a full fucking disclosure, okay? I have no problem eating McDonald's food. I will go through the fucking McDonald's drive-thru. I'll get two little shitty cheeseburgers and some fries and a fucking drink and I'll chow it down. It's, I'm not doing that because I want a fucking five-star meal. I'm just saying I'll do that. I'll have a Wendy's burger, you know? I'll fucking go to Sonic and get a Sonic burger. I'll get pizza from Papa John's. But I'm noticing that, especially with McDonald's, but also the pizza, too, I guess because it's so fucking fatty and filling and just full of just greasy, ugh. I feel like shit after I eat this food. It's good. It's tasty. But I'm like, man, I I just want to fucking roll over and die. And I don't remember doing that years ago. I don't remember. Do, I, don't, I never remember going home after a nine-hour fucking run-my-ass-off server work night and sitting down and just chowing down on two fucking barbecued pizza hot pockets, and then an hour later going, "Oh man, I'm so uh, I'm gonna." Die. I was like, "Man, if I've had food. I'm moving on with life." Now I get two fucking cheeseburgers from McDonald's and fries, and I'm like, "Oh, uh, I guess it's my body. Re- it's my <laughs> it's just, body rebelling." That's how you know you're getting old. That's what it is. I guess you've hit that. You've plateaued on the effectiveness of the hot pockets. They no longer give you the full benefit anymore yeah that's what it is like if we go to a if we go to a restaurant and eat you know just plain fucking food even if it's from processed shit or if my wife cooks food i'm fine but some some places pizza is the worst pizza is my fucking achilles heel i've noticed that (laughs) for me it takes me because i just i just i don't eat a lot it will personally take me about three full days to go through a pizza. I'll because I only eat like two to three slices at a time. I don't eat a fucking whole pizza at a time anymore. But the first night that I eat those first two or three slices, I'm all right. I can go to work the next day and be totally fine. If I come home that night and eat pizza again, the next day I'm fucking dragging. I don't feel all that great. I'm not saying I feel sick or I'm gonna die. It's just I don't feel the same. The third day out, my body's like, hey. We need something else. This shit ain't working. <laughs> this is not what we're... We don't function off of this, bro. You had your one night. This is night three. What the fuck are you doing? Your body just rebels. <laughs> it does. It physically fucking rebels against me. It adds more time to my sleep. It makes me feel tired and drowsy and... Ugh, fucking hate it. And it's bad because it's it's me. I, I, I want pizza. I love pizza. Oh. Such is life. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't eat any kind of food that doesn't leave a puddle of grease in my plate. Really? That's where I'm at right now. Damn. It's not a. It's like, not a. I, I can't. Like, I not like I physically can't, but it's more like I. I just keep finding myself in situations where this is like the optimum food to eat at the moment. Yeah. So I've got like bachelor chow everywhere. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. Speaking of, uh, speaking of you fine gentlemen, which one you want, which one you want to, t- well, you know what? Do we have any well actuallys? I think I wrote one down and conveniently <laughs> I have forgotten it. I don't think we have any well actuallys from last week. Um, I think we actually, I think we actually handled a couple of them in episodes, so we might be, we might, it might be that we just put out another perfect podcast. Mm-hmm. I think so. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine by me. I'm batting a thousand. Which, I don't know about y'all. <laughs> uh, Chris. Yeah. What's your week been like, man? Man, my week has been busy. Oh, man. Uh-oh. I, um... I'm trying to think. Uh, so, this weekend, I, uh, or I should say last week, I ordered some uh, some external hard drives that were on sale from Newegg, I think it was, and got them in, took them out of their, uh, their enclosures, opened up my computer, put them inside, realized I didn't have any SATA cables. Oh, shit. Oh, man. I was like... I, and I'm pretty sure I have them. I just can't find them, even though I've reorganized all my computer stuff. So I'm actually pretty organized right now. Still can't mm-hmm. find them. Uh, you know, before you go on, I'm so mm-hmm. glad you brought this up. This is such a thing that our audience needs to know. If you don't know, if you want to know where to get some good prices on an, on hard drives, internal, in your fucking computer hard drives, buy external. Mm-hmm. Because most of them, you literally take the four dollar plastic logo case off, and it's a completely completely different brand name hard drive internally. I had a, uh, I want to say it was a Buffalo hard drive, and it was a two terabyte. This is the first two terabyte hard drive I ever bought, and I thought this thing was a shit. But I could not find anything about Buffalo being a fucking hard drive manufacturer ever, nowhere. And I ripped the bitch open, and it's a fucking Western Digital internal hard drive inside. Nice. Just hooked up a, a, a little fucking three dollar chipboard and a cable, just splice the two together. I was like, "You son of a bitches!" Yeah, the um, the big thing with the externals though is that they typically have a slower drive in them, right? Uh, like right. these two externals, they were four terabytes, and they were uh, Western Digital blues. Mm, so yeah. not great, but it's all right. It's a data drive. <clears throat> It'll be okay. Um, <laughs> there's not really a huge difference, you know, for what I do. It's not like I'm booting OS off it um, or doing anything crazy. Um, but yes, yeah, so I realized, okay, <clears throat> don't have any SATA cables. Went on Amazon, ordered like eight of them. Um, I was like, all right, I'll put my computer back together. Wait for those to come in. Boot my computer up. The uh, my data drive is gone. Mike. Oh no! Uh, oh no! Okay, <clears throat> dude. I think I cursed you with this because it happened to me, and I just passed it on. Nah. So I'm I open it up <laughs> after like two days of not caring. Um, <laughs> and I uh, I'm like, all right. So I may I redo the cables, whatnot. Turn it back on. It's not recognizing my OS. I'm like, huh. The hits keep on coming. Well, this is uh, interesting. You know, I know these drives aren't dead. Um, So I'm like, all right. So I sit down and I look at it, and I realize that 
when I was putting in those extra drives, I grabbed another, you know, SATA power cord for my uh, PSU. And I plugged it in and uh, my other drive and the boot OS or boot drive were uh, on that cable. So apparently that cable doesn't work with my PSU, even though it's in the baggie that goes with it. So I don't know if I screwed up or if it just, I don't know. So I put everything on the original power cable and just left out the other drives. Hey, it works. Imagine that. So I'm back to, uh, you know, the status quo. Mm -hmm. But I did go ahead and order a uh, a new PSU that came in. I haven't installed it yet because I was working on uh, my girlfriend's mom's computer because her hard drive died. So I was replacing that and stuff. But Man, it spread even farther than you thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I've been... That took up a lot of my time this weekend uh, trying to figure out what was going on with my computer. Um, that and... There's uh, something else. But I was playing uh, some Destiny 2. Uh, they had a uh, Triple Valor, which is a type of reputation in game, uh, weekend. And mm-hmm. there's a certain, you know, reset your rank twice and you get this special item, you know. And I was like, all right, I'll do that. So what most of the time over the weekend I was playing was playing that. And I was like, all right, I'm done with that. I can go play other games. <laughs> and then come to find out uh, this week's an Iron Banner week. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'll be playing some more Destiny 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do have four other games to get some first impressions on. Um, okay. The longest I played any of them was three hours. Um, I'll start with the least amount of time. Uh, and these are Steam games that I bought uh, during the sale. Um, I mentioned before I was trying to go through and actually play some of these games. Um, so I did so. Uh, the first one is Life is Feudal Forest Village. Um hmm. And this is a, surprise, surprise, a uh, simulation game, uh, city building type thing. And this one I only played for 20 minutes, and that was only t- the tutorial. Um, it really reminds me of another game I played. I believe it's called uh, Banished. It's another uh, simula- city building game uh, based in, you know, I, I guess it'd be medieval times, roughly, mm-hmm. uh, or earlier. Um, yeah, banished. Uh, it seems like it'll be okay. Like I said, I only did the tutorial, and it was a very simple tutorial. Um, I was expecting a little more out of it, and when it ended, I was like, okay, where's the next one? You know, I thought it was a series of tutorials. But I guess that's the only one. Um, it's like, figure the rest out, bitch. It just drops I mean, it, it's... It's not a super complicated game overall. I mean, it's a simulation game, you know. You build up your place, and once you realize, you know, what kind of buildings you have to manage, that's pretty much the only learning curve to them. Um, But it looks like what Banish should have been, um, just based on what I saw in the pictures and what little I saw in game, is very similar, um, but probably a little bit more polished. Um, I'll probably play it some more maybe this week 
we'll see how much I get tied into Destiny. Um, and some other games are coming out. Uh, we'll see. Um, another game I played is War Bearers. Um, it's one word. And, or sorry, War Banners. Oh, uh, I was I, go- <laughs> my mind was going already. Is it like Banner Saga? Or No, okay. no it's not. Um, it is a tile-based, uh, turn-based uh, game. Um, you have your little band of heroes... Uh, and you're, you know, going on various missions. There's a story aspect to it. Uh, you get split paths on the world map where, you know, you may have three or more choices of where you're going to go next. Um, and when you do that, you can't go back and do the other ones. Um, I played that one for two hours. I got <clears throat> probably four missions in. I think it was around four before I actually just straight up died. Um mm-hmm. And when you die, you have to reload. Um, and I'm not sure where I uh, saved last, but I'll figure that out when I go to play it again. It's an interesting game. Um, it has an option that uh, lets you pick uh, 30% less health for everything. And I was like, that's an odd setting. But once I actually started playing, it felt like everything was really slow. Um so that, you know, health reduction would kind of speed combat up a bit. Um, and it's across the board, so it's pretty balanced uh, afterwards. I haven't tried it, but I don't know if I would either because I need all the health I can get. Um, yeah. Trying to stall, and you don't have any sort of uh, healing at first. It's, um, I got my healer, I think, second to last mission I did. And that helped a ton, but the healer has uh, mana to manage. So Mm -hmm. you'll heal, and then you heal, and then you're like, oh crap, I can't heal anymore. (laughs) And it may take (laughs) you a turn or two to get the mana. And then skills have cooldowns, so I heal, and then I can't heal with that cure, you know, for three more turns. Uh, It works out overall uh, as far as, you know, staggering them. And uh, some of them are more powerful than others. Some are, you know, melee range, some are mid-range, and some are longer range. Uh, Overall, the game is interesting. Um, I don't know. It's it. Nothing really, I would say, turns me off about the game, other than it's a little bit slow. but there's nothing, you know, glaring. There's also not really anything that makes me go, wow, this is, you know, unique or special. It's a pretty run-of-the-mill. on it. Yeah. It's a pretty run-of-the-mill, run uh, you know, turn-based game. Well, and, and depending on how much you even paid for it, that that's totally fine, you know? Yeah. This is that's uh, this is kind of something I was trying to emphasize last the the, the episode where I was just spending four hours talking about Steam. I don't mind dropping 
four dollars on a mediocre game like if i if i don't know out the gate what the fuck the game is i have basically screenshots and trailers and a bunch of random people saying random things about it four bucks is nothing when i start the game and go you know what this is okay Mm -hmm. you know it's not bad it's not great i'll i could probably go through it i probably will go through it but oh um but when i pay 60 (laughs) and pop that plastic and then want to throw it out the window, you know, 12 hours later because I just can't force myself to get into it. That's when it yeah. hits home. You ever had a game is- where you just immediately chunk the game and like within an hour? Within like the very first uh, hour? Not often. I know I have. I had to sit down and do some homework. Uh, actually, to tell you the truth, this is kind of topical. Tales of Symphonia was one of those. Really? Um, yeah, and again, I really feel bad about that because I'm I'm willing to bet that there was a language option in the options menu, but I just th- there's other things about that game too. But it wasn't horrible. I would okay. Well, chucking it out the window is, is that's that's a different statement. I wouldn't put Tales of Symphonia in a window chucking moment. But I know there have been games where it's been oh no uh uh-uh, uh no fucking way not doing this. This is bad. I had to sit down and do homework though. Yeah, yeah, I so, had to, uh, I had two worlds too, or not two worlds oh too, God. but the original two worlds. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Was that? I always get this confused. Was that the game that came with the with the the contest that like whoever did this thing it had like a million dollar contest and then they totally did not go through with the million dollar contest. It may have it. I don't. I don't know. It was actually my friend's game who brought it over. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just on the fence about this game, man. Come try it with me. He pumped that shit in my fucking uh, Xbox. And we got through the little tutorial thing. You did like a little makeshift dungeon. You picked up some items and you got to play around with the crafting a little bit. You got to do a little combat and solve a couple puzzles. And it's like, oh, this isn't, this isn't too bad. I could, I could deal with this. Then the character started fucking talking. <laughs> and this guy sounded like the like the cheesiest voice actor with the worst recording equipment and and it was totally wrong. This is like you know, I, I give Andromeda a lot of shit, but it wasn't this bad. <laughs> this guy was like, What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like and he, it was the it was the weird inflections like he wasn't a native English speaker or something. And yeah, uh, he's like, yeah, it is raining outside. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, dude? Just what? And so I took that shit out, put it back in the box, and tossed it onto my porch. I was like, this thing Wait, is not allowed Jill, to stay inside. Don't open that door. I mean, oh, it wasn't even that. It was like if you took that and then like. Removed all seriousness from the voice actor. Like he didn't even he didn't even like play it straight faced. He knew he was fucking around, mm-hmm. you know. And so yeah, I did give the second game a uh, a shot, and it did a lot better in that regard. So it held my attention a lot longer. But Two Worlds, the original, will always be the first one to have ever made me boot a game out of my house. You know, a couple recent-ish games that did that did the opposite really well: God of War and the end of uh, The Last of Us. Uh, Chris, I remember a scene in The Last of Us. You remember where when uh, old boy kidnaps you and you're locked in a cage and mm-hmm. 
he he breaks his thumb, and she, he goes, "Just tell me your name." And she's like, "Ellie." He's like, "What?" You can tell him that Ellie is the one that broke your fucking finger. The look she has on her face when she says that, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> facial animations that actually match the voice, the inflection, and the attitude." G- good job, there, sucker punch. Yeah, so <laughs> not a dog. Not a dog. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. not, not Sucker Punch. Poor, poor well Sucker Punch. Right there. <laughs> poor Sucker Punch. They get blamed for shit. Yeah, so... War Banners is only... I got it for 13 bucks. It's... Uh, and that includes the single DLC that's for it. Uh, not on sale. It's like 23 for the bundle with both. Um, mm-hmm. So not terrible. Um, and I'll probably play it a little bit more. Um... I don't know. We'll see. Um, and Life is Futile. That one was also 13 bucks on sale. I don't know what it is now. I didn't look at that page. But again, you know, super cheap. Uh, as far as that goes, not too bad. Um, the Another game I tried was uh, Regalia of Men and Monarchs. So this one is a interesting game. Um, the combat is a tile-based uh, combat. It's a this is a you know straight up more or it's more of a straight up RPG um, mm-hmm. than War Banners is. Uh, this one is interesting because you actually have a um, basically a city that you're the uh, heir to. So you're coming back and uh, your missions revolve around, you know, making the city prosperous again. So you have different buildings you can upgrade and stuff. Uh, Not a very complex system, but it's still there. And it's something other than, you know, fight, 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 fight. Um, Yeah, yeah. There's a, a world map type thing where you go out and, uh, it essentially explore or complete certain quests or missions and uh, you'll have in one location you'll have anywhere from like four to twelve plus <clears throat> points of interest in it um, and some will be just straight up combat some will be events where you choose your reaction um, some will be quests where you come back later to complete them or to a place next to it on the map uh, to actually resolve it. And you'll have a rest point in each one where you can actually revive your player or your characters if any of them are dead. Um, it's it's one of the things, and I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. Um, I've put three hours into this game. This is one of the three hours. Um mm-hmm. You have a time limit to complete certain objectives. But while I normally don't like time limits, I'm not sure I feel about this one yet because you have a variety of tasks you can do within that time limit to meet your requirements. Um, It's basically like, okay, you have, you know, 45 in-game days to complete five of these tasks. And the board of tasks has like, 50 objectives. So it's like, all right, I'll pick out five. And um, I don't know if I actually make my first deadline 
uh, because I didn't realize how certain stuff worked when you went on the world map and I kind of mm-hmm. wasted a week um, because I ended up going someplace too hard and had to run away. And you, when you go to a place that tells you, all right, it is going to take you four days to explore this area. If you retreat while you're still on the first tile, you still lose the four days. You know, so, I'm getting, I'm getting, I want you to compare and contrast this to Persona 5, because that's the kind of vibe I'm getting. Like, you have a time limit, but there are multiple things you can do to achieve a goal in a time limit. Um, not really, because ultimately you really still had one goal, you know, typically per time limit. You know, do the palace, and that's it. You know, how how you do the palace is up to you. Um, how long you take to do it, what you do in the meantime is up to you. But you can't not do the palace, if that makes sense. Um, in this game, like I said, there's 50 things. You know, one of them is explore three places or uh, level, get to level five. Um, and it's like level, five level increments, you know, each one's an objective. Uh there's get relationships up to a certain level. And speaking of, there's relationships with these different characters, um, which for some of them, if they're a combat person, you unlock, you know, a better version of one of their moves. If it's a, you know, NPC, you will unlock some perk like the people that run the shop, you up their stuff you get access to better items or more items or something like that. Um, sometimes you have to up the relationship to build or upgrade the, their building, um, which is another objective. It's like, okay, build four buildings, and that's a check mark. Um, I think I'm really close to completing several, but I've not actually completed any yet, and I've only got like two <laughs> weeks left. So uh, wishful thinking. Yeah, it might be a case of uh, restarting it. Do they uh, have Do they have a good way to for you to check your progress to keep tabs like checklists or anything like that? Yeah, I mean this. Like I said, you have this board uh, which you can access any time from the menu. Other than I think maybe in combat, the only time you can't. But other than that, you just go to your menu, look at. Uh, I, I think they call them quests, even though they're not really. Um, it's more of an objective list, uh, and it'll be like, all right, you have 45 days and you're one out of five or zero out of five. Um, it's pretty straightforward as far as that goes. Um, one of my biggest gripes about this game is that you have to press, you have to press a button to get rid of the loading screen. What? Yeah, so like you and you have to mash through all the uh, dialogue as well, even though it's a lot of it's voice acted. Oh, it'll no. still stop at the end of the box, and you press it, and then they say the next line. Press it, next line. So it's very, oh, very annoying. Um, and then it's like, all right, finally that's over. Loading screen. They don't I even look- have an option to, for that to do automatic. Oh, I'll get into the options in a minute. Oh um, god! Because I'm saying I do know I do know games that have that where it's like yeah. even if it's voice dialogue, it's we will say this this block 
you have to mm-hmm. press a button, but there's an option to say, no, please do your thing. Yeah, now you can skip like an entire cutscene and it gives you a summary at the end. Um, I think that's part of the reason why the loading screens, you have to press the button because the loading screen is your summary of what happened. So even though I sat through it, it still wants me to press the button, which I would understand if it, you know, made you press it if you skipped it. But having it all the time like that is very annoying because I'll be like, all right, it's a loading screen. I'll look away, you know, at my phone or something waiting for it to proceed. And then I realize, you know, two minutes later, I'm like, oh, right. I have to press the button. Yeah. Yeah. So I've wasted time. Um, but speaking on options, this game has almost no options to it. Um, oh, no. I'm trying play to play our game the way that we want you to play our game. Yeah, I don't think there's any control options uh, because I want to see what a button did or something, and I was like, "Oh, there's no controls section." You know, even if it doesn't let me set it, it didn't even let me look at it. Um, on the video options or the graphics options, there was no 1080 resolution. Wow! I was like, "That's a standard resolution." Um, this is a new game, uh, I believe. I'll take, I'll double check the store page. Yeah, 2017. How are you not going to put a 1080 resolution in 2017? Right. Um, but that aside, um, the the script to the game is a little weird at times. Um, it's certainly not a game to take serious as far as story goes. Um, I will, I don't even listen to the voices most of the time now. I just read the text and then skip it so I can get through it faster. Um, but yeah, it, it's, the combat's okay. Um, it gets pretty difficult, uh, pretty quick, you know. Again, depending on what order you do things, I'm sure there are ways to do it where it's a lot easier. But like I said, I missed out on a week of my in-game time because I got stomped on the first place I went outside, you know, basically the, what I'd consider the, the tutorial of this game. Um, I just, man, it was bad. I was getting almost one shot and, uh, but you get That's more not good at all. Yeah. You get more characters. So you have more people in combat and that makes it easier and stuff. But, and I, I think aside from that one stomping, I've only had one map that really made me, uh, uh, struggle um i've had you know others are of a you know expected difficulty it's like okay i have to play smart and then i'll get through this but that one is like all right there's literally nothing i can do because they're gonna come over here and murder me Mm -hmm. um but i just didn't go to that place (laughs) (laughs) it's it's on my map and i'll go back to the skeletons got it yeah exactly um yeah, so this one overall, not bad. Um, could use some rework on the options. Um, this one cost me 11, 14, roughly 16. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, I mean, that was with two DLC in there. Uh, I'm not sure if that's. Yeah, that's. Yeah. That's another thing to consider, too. Like, a price is a price, but a lot of the times I was buying packets that had, hey, here's the game, and all two DLCs. And the DLCs were $4 a piece, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) 
I seem to be saying we'll see a whole lot about these games. Um, yeah. That's kind of, you know, where it is. I play for a couple hours, three hours, and then I'm like, all right, got my first impression, and I may or may not come back. So I probably will eventually, but um, I'll say that about a lot of games. The last one I tried is a game called Frostpunk. Um, of course, this is another city-building simulation game, um, but this one is a bit different. Uh, Cybernetics made completely out of ice. No. Damn it. Damn. Um, the premise of this game is that you are, or I say you, uh, humanity is experiencing essentially a ice age type situation. Um, hmm. The particular settlers you're controlling come from uh, England, um, and they've traversed to wherever this is taking place. Um, but it's very, very, very cold. Um, and you basically have a um, tower in the middle of your area that radiates heat. Um, and as you research, you can upgrade it and extend its range, make it warmer, um, and you uh, you basically build... One of the unique things about this game is you build on a circular... It's not grid-based. It's a circle, circle... I don't even know how to put it. But basically, you build in a circle around this core building. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So instead of having a grid, you know... Uh, you know, X and Y axis like normal, you have these curved, uh, this curved axis you build on. So you kind of have a perimeter that you can build within. Yeah. And bu some buildings won't operate at all if they're not close enough. Um, you can build these little, you know, smaller radiators once you research them to give heat to uh, outside of that. Um, if your people have to work outside of, the radius, they will get sick. And man, that is a snowball effect. Um, Damn. Because people get sick, then they can't work. Then you don't have enough coal to power the heater. So then everybody else gets sick and everybody starts dying. <laughs> so Wouldn't it be like if you got the thing to go too far out, wouldn't it just like roast the shit out of the inner part of the circle? Um, when they get like too hot to be too close to the thing that's radiating heat. Yeah, in reality, probably. Um, okay, but so it doesn't have that. Game. Does it have that mechanic in it? No, it does have tiers of warmth though. Um, I think the coldest one is icy, or that's the second to worst one. Icy, you know, they have a pretty good chance of getting sick, but they'll probably be okay. Um, and then it's something else and then it's comfortable. Uh, I think there's some, I think that's the highest it goes because there are like four tiers. Hmm. Um, but you really only need the second tier or third tier at a minimum, uh, second tier at a minimum, third tier to be, you know, not really worrying after that. Uh, it's. Like I was saying, it's a very difficult game uh, at first. I got really far, um, not even on my first playthrough, on my second playthrough, or attempt, I should say, not playthrough. Um, 
because my first one, I failed pretty quick uh, because I didn't realize <laughs> which, because you have resources you have to manage. You have coal, wood, iron. I think it's just those three uh, as far as on the map resources. There's a couple other things you have to get, uh, and but those come from other things, you know, exploring and stuff. Um, you send out uh, an exploration team, and there's a little bit of story that goes on, you know, outside your city, where one of the first, you know, outside plot lines is there's this other settlement we know about, you know, it's supposed to be like ours, but, you know, what's going on with them? You know, we haven't heard anything from them. Um, this person came from there, but they show up essentially on the brink of death and, uh, like fall over dead on the border. So you have this Mm. little story, send out your people to explore. And when you find something, you can either have them keep going or come back. Or if you find settlers, you know, to come join you, you have an option of sending them back on their own or escorting them back. If you send them back on their own, they may or may not make it, you know? So it's, it's a very grim, uh, brutal game. Uh, like I said, it's got that snowball effect, uh, when something goes wrong and it makes it very difficult. Um, you have research you do, of course, as typical with these games. Um, it's a very, it requires a lot of micromanagement on where your workers are, what they're doing. Um, the order you build your buildings in is very important. Um, because if your people, like I said, if they're cold, they're going to get sick fast. Uh, so you want to build houses, but then you need resources for houses. So you have to go get wood, but the wood's out in the cold. So you need to make them warm, but then your people without the houses are cold. So it's like, all right, someone's going to be cold. What's the least amount of cold I can manage uh, for this amount of time? You're like, who gets to uh, die? Yeah. <laughs> Who's the least important? Um, Speaking of, you actually have laws you pass in your settlement. Uh, Dude, this shit sounds deep as fuck for a fucking... It's like being cold Um, is illegal, punishable by death. No, it's like when someone's (laughs) gravely sick, which means they're basically uncurable, it's like, okay, well, what do you want to do with them? Do you want to keep them alive? Do you want to... um, I don't think you actually just straight up kill them uh but one of your options they are better cared for and the other one they're just kind of there and will probably die off faster um but you have and on top of all this you have a morale and discontent two different bars you're managing so when discontent is higher than morale people start rioting they get unhappy. Um, they start complaining, and they'll, they'll give you objectives to meet. It's like, all right, people are cold, and you're like, all right, I'm going to build houses for you. And they're like, all right, you got three days to do it. If you don't have it in those three days, they ain't happy. Um, so the discontent goes up. Uh, uh, so it does kind of give you a little objective you can accomplish to stave off disaster. Yeah, to, you know, make the people happier, but 
man. It's a good mechanic. I it's like, uh, I like it. it. Yeah, it's pretty rough though. Um, and this was actually recommended to me by a friend, and I was telling him about how difficult he was. Like, yeah, at first it is, but it gets a bit easier once you, you know, understand the mechanics more and get used to it. I'm not to that point yet. Um, I only put three <laughs> hours in the game, but that was four attempts. I think my one of my attempts was probably over two hours, and then one of them was like ten minutes. And one of them was like 20 minutes. What happens (laughs) if we turn the fucking thing off? (laughs) 10 minutes later. It's, yeah, there's a lot of order of operations. Um, And stuff was getting real serious on my longest playthrough. You know, we had this whole faction that popped up at a certain point because I progressed the, you know, exploration. And it's like, oh, things are worse than we thought. So then we have this group, this faction pop up that want to go back to England. They're like, screw this. We're just going to go back and deal with it there, you know. And so you have additional mechanics after that. You know, you're trying to keep your people happy so they don't join this faction of essentially rioters. And, uh, yeah, it, it's rough. Um, but it is probably the game I'm going to go back to or most likely go back to sooner. Um, just to try to manage through this one. It's rough. Uh, With all these games that you've mentioned so far and all the yeah. ones that you bought, all the ones you've been trying, have what, what do you feel that you've done the past week or so? Do you feel that you have one game that you are just barreling into or are you still just peppering your time across multiple games? Um, I'm still trying multiple games. Yeah, um, I'm trying not to get too stuck on one of these games because with simulation games in particular you can spend forever on them you know if you let yourself Uh, it also doesn't help that i've got all this destiny 2 stuff to do which i didn't even mention uh one of the things they uh released their moments of triumph which i talked about before their objectives basically for the first year and they did this in destiny 1 for all three years uh but you have a little list of stuff to complete for the years worth of content and man I'm behind on it because of how little I played um, mm-hmm. and then there's a seasonal event that starts into this month uh, leading up to the beginning of year two uh, it's kind of like a little in game festival type thing uh, where there's some I don't know what, what this one uh, has but you know there's usually some decorations around the tower and some special equipment sets and stuff or uh, I imagine this will be ornaments to wear or if it's not a uh, actual armor sets but even once I'm done with Iron Banner and I'm working on my light or power levels I still have all these uh, moments of triumph to do which means you know I need to go do the raid yep. I need to do a lot more of the strikes in the game I need to do this and that. Um, so it'll be an uh, interesting balancing act trying to get all these things done, which I've not missed a single triumph. This is this what point. I this is this is what I want to know because this is worrying yeah. me just hearing the way that you're bringing this up. 
are you happy that you have all this backlog stuff in this game to do? Like, are you happy that there's all this content? There's just so much stuff for you to do, or do you feel like, oh shit, this is a lot of work. I got let me get let me get on down to the grind. Like, are you happy or are you going to work? It's a little bit of both. Um, uh, like, like it okay, usually is in I any know, kind of MMO where you're like, yeah, I I, I, I gotta do this. So I can do this. I'm really looking forward to the payoff, but. <laughs> to get there, yeah. I've got to do all this bullshit. I completely understand. I'm not going to deny that. Like, I know that if if any anytime new raid content comes out in Final Fantasy 14, I wanted to play it. But I knew to do that, I would have to do the grind. The fortunate thing is, the first you know maybe week or so, it's all new content, and then it only gets grindy for the last you know three weeks. Uh-huh. I get that, but yeah. if you haven't played for so long, like if I if if and I'm not going to, but if I was to jump back in 14 right now, I've got damn near an entire expansion plus like seven patches worth of content waiting mm-hmm. on me. You heard it here that's first, exciting. folks. He's coming back to Final Fantasy 14 that, today. That's exciting, but I would also know that I would look at it and go, oh boy, this is a lot of dungeons. It's a lot. Oh man. So how, how are you feeling as yeah. far as this is going? Like, I don't mind doing the raids. Um, at least I don't think I'll mind. Uh, the first one I didn't really like, so I didn't do any of the others. Um, but I'll now that we're so much higher than the content itself, we can kind of brute force through it, and I can check that box, and I may have fun now that it's not so brutal. Um, and maybe the other ones are fun to do. Uh, so that part I'm not too concerned about, and that's only a do it and you're done thing. You know, if I have to hop on, and each one takes an hour to two hours, or Three hours tops, probably, for the longest one, which I think would probably be the first one or the newest one. Um, that's not bad. What I really don't want to do, <laughs> and I'm going to, this is where it's going to be forcing myself to do it if I want to complete everything, are the strikes. Um, because I haven't been doing them outside of the weekly milestone, which you only have to complete three. Um and the objective for the uh, Triumph is, I believe, rank 30 or 50 with the NPC. Um, you get like, say, five tokens per strike. We're going back to the tokens. Uh-huh. Very familiar. And it's one of the shitty things about Destiny 2 is this mm-hmm. fa- this token grind uh, as opposed to just straight up faction rep. Uh, but um, so you get five per strike. Well... It's 20 per level. So I'm back to needing overall, you know, 600 to 1,000 tokens. I don't even remember what level it is. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at the uh, Bungie site. But that's the only one I think on the list. I was like, oh, great. You know, all the rest is like, okay, I'll get it done. Um, I had already I think I'd already finished the crucible related one, the valor related one, uh, before this weekend. But if I hadn't, I would have had it done this weekend, um, with the triple valor stuff. Because uh, yeah. it was mayhem, which is your supers uh charge up really fast along with all your abilities. So it's just, you know, supers going everywhere. It's a mess. Hence the name mayhem. Uh but it's really yeah. fun. It's one of the funnest modes uh in the game. Um so it's really good timing on their part to do that for Triple Valor. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not that I'm dreading to really play Destiny 2. It's just that, man, 
I want to do this, but I have all these other games to play, you know? Yeah. So I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to get into that MMO, you know, uh, what's the word to use? Mindset. Uh, si- not mindset, but in that situation where I'm spending all my time in an MMO when I could play, you know, a hundred other games. We've talked about this before. Um, yeah. It, so I'm trying to balance it. Um, I think I've done an okay job. Um, even if I didn't spend a whole lot of time in these other games, I, the, you know, I may have put a total of, let's say, eight and a half hours in these other games, but I put mm-hmm. 20 hours into Destiny 2. You know, you know, so. you know, when I would go back to an MMO would be when I'm retired. <laughs> like if I if, if if I didn't have to work, if I if I was way older in my age, had had more experience, more time and had nothing else to do, maybe the last five years of my you know kid's life or whatever. Yeah, Whoa. <laughs> because then I then I know for 16 fucking hours a day, if I waste eight in MMO, that's fine. You know, that's I would have been at work anyway. But when yeah. I come home from work and I have approximately six hours of a day to myself, man, you're trying to cram every grind and everything else that you need and want to do in an MMO. Five hours later, you're like, man, I'm not. What the fuck am I gonna do for another hour? I still gotta eat. <laughs> I, still gotta I, shit. I, still gotta shower. Still gotta brush just, my teeth. Like, man, I, I just think it's really <laughs> interesting that like. There's a lot of things that, like, you think you would have time to do, but, I mean, you could spend all that time playing an MMO eight hours a day, and you're still not guaranteed to, I mean, I know for one, like, wow, I would burn eight hours a day on the weekend sometimes, just trying to grind out crap that, you know, I'd miss through RNG or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes RNGs just doesn't answer your prayers. <laughs> yeah, I uh, dude. I don't know if y'all remember, but I went, I went in fucking way bad when I was playing fourteen because I had not one, not two. I had six individual characters. The one main character, I had one job from every class, and then the other ones, I also had one job from every class. That's too much fucking time in and of itself. But even if I was to scale all that back to just one. It, it it's I'm not trying to profess that it's only work, but it just gets to that point where there's there's long there's long there's long long periods of time of just repeating the same things over and over and over again. That's yeah. what I like and about I, progression. And, and it, when you're actually doing yeah. progression, you got at least once a week where you're pushing a limit. You know, you're like you're right. like okay, we're trying to get to something new today. Yeah. If we can just, you know, maintain our, you know, get our mechanics sound and perform as intended, then we can see something that nobody, you know, almost nobody else has seen. If we can yeah. just get our shit together right now. And that's a, I mean, wow. I mean, it's just like a, it, I don't know. It's a big rush when you finally get to that point and you, you know, you down that, you know, it, it had been since like high school sports, you know, when you, when you win a baseball game or a football game or something like that, and you get that big adrenaline rush from having, you know, defeated this thing. That's the only thing I can really compare it to is when, you know, it's not like you won a match in, in, in Call of Duty or anything like that. You know, you get a little bit yeah. of that feeling 
But when you beat a raid or a raid boss, you know, that, you know, is progression for you. It's a really Mm -hmm. good feeling. There's like an afterglow to that. Everybody's just kind of sitting around high-fiving each other. This is something that we should have, and we could bring it up on episode two of seven of a the of a of a nerd talk. But it's something that I think non gamers don't truly understand, especially non gamers. But I think even a lot of gamers, period, don't understand. You know what it's like when you are in an MMORPG in a raid. I mean, fuck, when I was playing fourteen, that was only eight people. That was me and seven other people. Adam, how many people are are, are averagely in raids and WoW? Mythic is twenty. 20 individuals. Now, you got to think about that for a minute, even from the small aspect. Final Fantasy 14, eight people. That's eight individual people striving to do their job as perfect and as precise as they can. Is it a lot of death, repeat, and do it right, do it better next time? Yes, it is. It's, 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 you're gonna, you're gonna die fucking 400 times before the entire team gets it right. So yeah, it is a little bit of memorization, but it's also execution. And yeah, the sooner you do that, that raid dropped on Monday, and then a week and a half later, you were in the third phase, you are sweating. You're like, fuck yes, we are right there, we are right there. And that's for that's for groups that like are following a guide. If you're the group that's making that shit happen, you're in a whole nother league. That means nobody else is doing this shit, and you guys are trying shit and making things happen. Mm-hmm. That's, when you're two or three bosses rush, in, and the number one players in the world haven't cleared the damn thing yet, yeah. That's when you know it's like you know yeah. what if we just lucked up and killed these next two bosses we'd be current. <clears throat> you know, if we just happened to have everything snap into place and we just, you know, god moded these next two guys. Of course that's yep. never going to fucking happen. But yeah. Um <clears throat> you know, it's a nice feeling to know that, you know, the best players in the world are only a little bit ahead of you. Yeah. Well, Chris, in your instance, I hope it all pays off, man. I hope I hope the work at the end of the day, grant you some fun. I hope, yeah. I just, I, I hope, I hope it doesn't turn into work. I hope it, yeah. hope it pays off. I mean, I, I like I said before, I enjoy playing the game. Uh, it still feels good to play, you know, mechanically and stuff. Uh, it's just the grind gets to be a bit much in certain aspects. But other than that, not too bad. Cool. Anything else for your week, brother? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's it. Well. All right, Adam, what about you? What's been this, what's the week been like for oh, you? Oh, God. Uh, Gaming-wise? You finally went back into WoW, yeah! Oh, every time I do this podcast, I get a little step closer, because I start thinking about it more. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, can, I managed to just, like, tone it out until I come back here, and y'all just like, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, a alcoholic, and y'all are just, like, clinging bottles together. <laughs> right just, in front of me, <laughs> just blowing, blowing alcohol your way. Yeah, so I'm. <clears throat> I feel the itch. I feel it. Um, been playing a lot of Xenogears. Mm-hmm. I'm up to uh, the tournament. Do you remember the tournament in Xenogears? You fight the little kid, Honestly, uh, and he's just he's just shit talking you the entire time. Uh, the little kid with the scrappy, the no, big that's head. A, that's the kid from the. Uh, yeah, man, no, not really. I think okay. I might be confusing him with. Wasn't there a kid like in the first town that you were? Yeah, ran? it's the same kid. He comes back after, oh, it's just, and he blames you oh, for everything. Okay. And he's uh, like, he okay. tries to kill you. 
But of course, you just you could shit stomp him if you wanted to. But if you do nothing yeah. but defend, he'll give you a special item. So, I uh, I'm at that part, and it's flashing back and forth between me. I got the one team covertly going through the uh, the palace or whatever, and mm-hmm. then you know the main characters fighting in the tournament, whooping people's asses and shit. Mm-hmm. So. And I, it was so it was so well put together. That whole section, that whole town, was a a fun experience. Doing the the hide and seek, you know, and going through, mm-hmm. and uh, they had that little fair where it was kind of like the millennial fair with all the little games and stuff like that. And you could like drink, yeah. you know, and your character would get drunk, and the screen would start swooshing around. And <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a bunch of little cool things. I, I love that entire section, you know. Jumping around from building to building, trying to find people, and ah, oh, so good, so good. And then already knowing what's going to happen later on, I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but I never get tired of going through this game. Never ever. But I'm uh, I'm getting to the point where I can see the lines. They're still every mm-hmm. once in a while, you know, like trying to find the three kids that were playing tag or hide and go seek or whatever it was i can't remember where the fuck they are i'm like i know mm-hmm. i know <laughs> i know they're around i know for a fact that it's it's like some place where you would be like oh okay that's that's kind of not obvious it would be there but then i find myself walking and you know hugging the sides of buildings or going around invisible corners and stuff like that trying to find them so yeah it's a pain in that fucking ass that, that that probably was my mm-hmm. biggest that was my downfall this week was trying to get that done prior to doing the next part did uh, did xenogears uh hide and go seek have a thing where it was like if you could, could can you control the camera in xenogears yeah. in the overworld yeah, you can. Does it have a thing where a kid is, or some kids are hiding, where you have to rotate the camera to see them? Uh, yes, in certain certain ones, yes, and other ones are going to be blocked okay. regardless. Because Breath of Fire Three has that same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, it's like there's a, there's like one kid hiding off in a corner, but if you rotate the camera up and to the right, you can see that you know the side of his head, and you're like, ah, uh, that's little okay, that's cool. Fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So that's what I've been doing. That burned up probably most of my gaming time right there, just doing that. Uh, also gaming related, I went and got my daughter a Detective Pikachu game. Either of y'all played that? Oh, wow. No. For the th- is that, that's a new game, for the 3DS? No. Ah. Yeah, I haven't played it. I've. That's the one that had, isn't that the new one that's got like voice acting in it? Yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, you know what? It's Pokemon. She likes Pokemon. Let me just go ahead and snag that for her. So I'm wondering how she's going to like it whenever she gets to try it. I Yeah, I don't know anything about it other than I saw the, I don't think it was E3. I think it was a Nintendo Direct. And it's, I, Pikachu talked. That's all I remember. He's got this low, gravelly, gruffly fucking Sam Fisher voice. <laughs> it's like Snake. So, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but other than that, I know nothing else about that pika, game. Pika, pika. <laughs> oh. So, there was that. Uh, looking back, you know, I'm still watching WoW. Uh, mm-hmm. Looking at the way they've changed the class systems and going forward. I think they're I think they going to take a 
take what they've done in Legion and kind of run with it. Because what they did was they said, okay, well, here's the baseline of the class. And so we're not going to fuck with this ever again. You know, because what had been previously was they'd completely reinvent classes as they did revisions. And so the way a Fury Warrior played in Vanilla WoW is absolutely nothing like it played one expansion later, two expansions later. You know, every time they did a new expansion, they would change the class up. The, in, mm. And the specs for the class even more so. Now I think they're going to try to make a baseline and, uh, as the expansions come out, the, there's a secondary tree that will tweak the base statistics of the class. So they'll be doing their tuning through that, if that makes sense. So yeah, you'll have yeah. like the base way a, pl- a class plays. And then if you were to go into, the latest expansion well then you'll get this weapon and then the way you level the weapon or whatever will change the way your powers work or whatever and they'll be playing around with that and it'll also give them kind of a storyline reason why your shit's all different every fucking time yeah which is good please do that so sounds sounds like a, a pretty cool thing i'm going through watching everybody's kind of clash reviews right now online and you know, and then I catch myself watching it, and I, I just kind of turn the phone off. You know, <laughs> hit, start chewing some gum. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's that's pretty much been my week. Also, I uh, played a little D and D. That was about it. All right. Well, uh. Where do I want to start with mine? Uh, I guess I'll knock some movies out of the way with mine. Uh, saw quite a few movies over the past week. Uh, one was catching up on a movie that I've, man, I should have seen sometime in my life. I just never got around to it. Or I think I remember seeing bits and pieces of it, but never watched it all the way through. And that was 12 Monkeys. Uh, I was so out of this movie that I didn't even know that this fucking movie was about time travel. That's how off I Damn. was. And I will say the story was interesting. The movie was okay. I just don't like the direction of the movie. I don't like the, I don't know, just something about the whole movie itself was just off-putting. But it's got a pretty pretty decent enough time travel story. It's got Brad Pitt, Bruce Willis in it. Uh, so, yeah, I finally got around to checking that one. Um I was in a Casey Affleck kick, apparently, because uh, I watched Gone Baby Gone and Manchester by the Sea in the same day, and this was a fucking downhill slope of a day for me. Uh, (laughs) Gone Baby Gone is a movie about a child being kidnapped, and uh, they hire hire a a personal detective to, a private investigator, sorry, to go help find the kid, and the more he learns about this kidnapping, the fucking way worse it gets. Um, really don't want to say anything more than that. Uh, it's, it's a deeply involved story that's like, it starts off as just a kidnapping story and just keeps going. Uh, it still kind of ends up as a kidnapping story, but there's basically a huge fucking moral decision at the end of this movie and uh spoiler free as i can possibly make it i'm gonna tell you right now i agree with his decision 100 percent, and i think that the way that he the position he was put in 
was like, are you fucking kidding me? If you guys ever watch this movie, you'll you'll get your dose uh-huh. of it. And for the audience that knows, you know what I mean. This man was put into a situation where it was like shit or get off the pot. And he said, I'm fucking getting off the pot. Fuck you. <laughs> and it's just, but the level and the gravity that was put on him was just, I, this is one of them where like, well, what would you do if you, you just saying that, but you're not in it. What would you do if you were? I, I know what I'd do. Uh, I follow that up by watching Manchester by the Sea and Jesus Christ. Okay, just for 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 reference here, uh, one of the many podcasts I listen to is Cinema Sins. For anybody that's looking for another <laughs> podcast, uh, these are by this is uh by the guys that do the uh, Everything Wrong with series on YouTube, which is mm-hmm. another good YouTube series. If you've never checked it out, you should. They basically watch a movie and they pick apart the bullshit in it. They just point out the common sense errors. Uh, yada yada yada. They have a podcast where they go through and talk about movies. A lot of their formatting we kind of do on this show as well, but uh, often they recommend movies, and most of these I was recommended or, or was recommended to watch, and I checked them out uh all on the same day, and I remembered some things spoiler free that they said because they were usually giving spoiler free reviews i remember some of the descriptions they gave about these movies i just forgot when i watched them like a a week later specifically what they said was bad about them uh not bad as in like the movie was bad but as in like you needed you're going to be in a dark place when you finish watching this movie manchester by the sea was the first one i watched and oh my god the shit that this man goes through it's heart-wrenching if you have kids, don't watch Gone Baby Gone. And if you have kids, don't watch Manchester by the Sea. Uh, Manchester by the Sea, in the first 10, 15 minutes, I actually thought this was going to be sort of a rom-com, the way that they were, the way the movie was playing out. And he's, uh, he's basically a janitor, a fucking utility man for a couple of, uh, apartment buildings. And it just shows him going about his daily life, just fixing people's plumbing and electrical wiring and moving furniture. And then he has like a funny moment and you're like, wow, this is going to kind of be a rom-com and the shit turns south and it continues to go south and it wrenches your heart probably every 15 to 20 minutes. Um, yeah, very, very emotional. And again, uh, this is Casey Affleck, uh, this man's got acting chops. If, if you haven't seen any movie with Casey Affleck, you should. Uh, I don't know if I recommend this one because this one might uh, this one might tear your heart to pieces. But perfectly, perfectly good movie. Uh, just a lot of emotions in it. And then I watched, oh boy. And then I watched a movie called The Tale. Uh, I specifically remember Cinema Sins talking about this movie being a just a warning because there this movie is about uh pedophiles apparently. Oh God! And yeah, and I I I wish I, I have not went back to the episode where I heard about this and read and listened and remembered. Oh yeah, this is how bad it was going to be. I didn't realize exactly how utterly fucking uncomfortable I was going to be. Uh, probably about three fourths through this movie, it it's it, it queasy and very. It just made me feel all kind of bad. Uh, good story, damn good story, good ending too. I like the way it followed through, but yeah, again, if you know, if you if you have kids or if child molestation just does not your bag, <laughs> then you're a normal I, person. I, I, 
<laughs> I, you're normal, and if you walk away from this movie and you feel odd, you're in the good. You're you're doing okay because they push the fucking boundaries on this shit, and it's it's uh yeah. Uh, last movie, really quick, I watched was uh the Voices. This is a movie with this uh movie with Ryan Reynolds. He's basically a crazy man. He's he, he literally hears voices. The his dog and his cat talk to him, and he, apparently he is a mentally unstable uh, man. Uh, the movie goes on to tell you why he is this way, how this shit happened, and there's some crazy, twisted shit that happened in this guy's life. But he he ends up murdering some people in some very unfortunate accident scenarios, and that just keeps going downhill and downhill. And the movie ends with a musical, so it's 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 whatever. <laughs> it's you can you can get some laughs out of it, I guess. Very, I wouldn't say B movie because some of these movies were just they're they're either they're just going to put you in specific places they're either going to make you feel really uncomfortable or make you feel really fucking sad uh nothing nothing like no triple a blockbusters that i watched in any of these movies so <clears throat> just thought i'd talk about them um uh let's see video games sure because this is a video game podcast uh, I did play a few Steam games. I think last week I mentioned I was going to try out uh, Tales of Symphonia. I put a total of five and around about five and a half hours into Symphonia, and I have kind of put that game down. Uh, now my reasoning is not that it's the voice acting because I've got it on Japanese. Uh, I guess because this is a product of its time, I'm kind of getting the same feeling that I got when I played Lunar. It's a very by the numbers basic RPG story. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing in this game is blowing my mind, and of course, not. I'm, I'm not saying every game has to, but I'm already seeing five steps ahead of everything that's going on. The draw for the game right now would be the combat, but uh, I mean, the combat's cool, but I'm in an RPG mainly for the story. Um, I may come back to it. I wasn't like completely just, you know fucking wash the game away it's horrible i just said no i'm just just not not feeling it so uh play some sonic generations for a little bit uh just you know again recommend to anybody that's interested in sonic being sonic uh it's a very good game uh try went down the list of my steam games and tried a few more games uh again i've i think i think all total i have gotten refunds for five games uh, and only one of them was, yeah, I just don't want this game. It's not that it's bad. It's just not for me. The other four were literally fucking controller functions. Uh, the last of which was Sonic Adventure 2. That's still actually no Sonic Adventure 2 was not a control issue. Sonic Adventure 2 was for whatever fucking reason that game runs like dog shit. And I tried my best to get, uh, uh, FPS fixes and tried different settings to make the shit work, but the game, no matter what I tried, no matter what fixes, even searching forums and trying shit, I basically got like half speed of the game the entire time, and I I just can't play the game like that. Uh, I mean, it's a, half speed in Sonic Adventure is actually beneficial in a way because there's a lot of races and there's a lot of ways to kind of cheat if you're going at half the speed because you can see what the fuck you're doing and you can make hairpin turns and all that. But I just, I just turned the game back in. A couple notable mentions. Uh, I played a game called uh, Mutant Muds with two Ds. Mutant Muds. Uh, 
saw a trailer for this on Steam and it the, the game caught my eye. It's got this blonde haired nerdy kid with glasses who's got a cape on and a little blaster gun. Very basic uh platforming, shooting things, collecting gems right up my alley. Uh I put I put a few uh, not hours into it. I put some time into it. That's one that I probably will go back and play. Uh, Jet Gunner, another game that's like Contra, uh, with more, uh, things to choose from and lots of different options right up my alley. I'll probably go back to that. Uh, again, just going through my Steam library of all the games that I bought, I haven't found, I mean, aside from the, the ones that I refunded, the rest of them were like, okay, these were decent games. These were decent purchases and I'm kind of saving them. I don't want to, I'm, I'm trying not to just blow through those games, uh, I was in the mood for something longer. I was in the mood for something uh, meatier with more substance and to develop more time. And for whatever reason, well, I, actually there are a few reasons, but uh, I've been playing Breath of the Wild again. This will make the fourth time that I've played this game. Uh, I played it, so the first time I played Breath of the Wild, that was a 300 and something, 500 something hour or whatever time. Uh, I did every single thing in that game you could possibly do with the exception of collecting all the Korok seeds. And even then, I think I got like, (laughs) I got like 300 or something of those, but I literally ground out everything else. I did every shrine I collected at that time, every piece of armor, including any DLC armor that was out. I fully upgraded every piece of armor. Uh, I had maxed out my compendium. I had taken pictures of, I, th- I think the pictures also were more my lacking. I think I did like 80, 85% of the entire, uh, album. Uh, and even that was fun. I felt kind of poked. I was like, this is what Pokemon Snap really needs to be. You know, <laughs> as, as crazy as that sounds, this is what Snap needs to be. You know, you need to have an open world game like this with all, I don't know, what, 500 and something original fucking Pokemon and give them a fucking Sheikah slate and tell them to go out in the open world and take pictures. It's, it's fun. Uh, the second time I played through Breath of the Wild, I didn't put nearly as many hours. I blew through that game. I did almost all the shrines. Uh, I did all the dungeons and then beat the game. The third time was kind of when I was kind of sort of not, not burnt out in a negative way. Just, okay, I've done this enough. And I kind of quit halfway through. Uh, so I've given the game probably a little, a little less than a year. Um, and I'm back into it again. And man, I'm telling you, that's this is this was important for me to do this because I can now say that especially or even after having put this game down for so long and have all these other games that I played, you know, going going through all of Persona and going through God of War and all the other little games in between, uh, coming back to this game, still fun. Fresh out the box, just the, the just looking at the terrain, uh, the combat everything it was still good this game still holds up now this holds up after a year you know listen sometime in the future for the five-year report but uh this is important to me i mentioned this the last time i put this game down is that i want to put this game down and let it be i don't want to think about it i don't want to fuck with it i just want to come back fresh and i did with this Uh, a few reasons why i've done it this way you know i've got a new computer so i kind of really want to see what my 1060 graphics card will do and it holds up uh, I, 
when you go through Breath of the Wild and you spend 500 something hours or 300, whatever the fuck I did, uh, if not halfway through, somewhere in the later part of that game, you're going to realize the formula. And what I mean by that is you're going to learn how to break that game. Uh, you're going to learn where the big important weapons are where the big important shields are the big important bows you're going to know where to go to farm ingredients for the best food you're going to want you're going to know the best place to find fucking fairies so you can come back to life automatically and so on and so forth uh i am playing this mode now finally in master mode and i have all the dlc open unlocked i've got everything that you can possibly do in that game finally unlocked and i'm fucking plowing through this game chris it's Mm -hmm. fucking sad uh, the combat when it when it is engaging is still fucking hard because it's master mode. You know you're doing less damage; they're taking off more. Yeah. But I know where to go. Like I know the formula for this game. I know where to go to find my fairies. I know where to hunt down the weapons that I want and 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 build them up at nauseum. Everything I just mentioned before, I know how to do it now. And one of the first things I did, probably within the first hour of replaying this game now, is I went to go Lionel hunting. Like I said, okay, if I'm playing in master mode, I want to fucking put my skills to the test. Let's mm-hmm. see how much I remembered. <laughs> Granted, it was a red main lion, Lionel and not a silver one for the first one. But for anybody that has played master mode, you should know that you find Lionels pretty quick. Like they place a couple extra ones pretty, pretty close to your starting area. And after I beat that first Lionel, I died two times and I only, I only had three hearts and I had, I forget, I had some average, I didn't take a trip to, uh, to, uh, uh, the castle yet, uh, uh, Hyrule castle yet. That's usually my first stop is to go get good weapons and shit. Uh, I had some average weapons, the basic armor. Oh, uh, I lied. I'm sorry. I did, uh, use the Amiibos and I got the, uh. My favorite outfit combination is the link to the Twilight Princess hood and tunic and then the uh, Ocarina of Time legs. So I did have a little bit of armor boost, but it's still an engagement. Like, Lionels will still fuck you up. It's mm-hmm. And again, it's in master mode. After I beat that boss, I was like, fuck yes, this game has still got it. This is still good. And I went hunting. Like, I just went all over the place in the on the path of going and getting every tower unlocked i was farming farming everything i was gonna need i made two before i got all the towers unlocked i had made two separate trips to uh hyrule castle and that's it so yeah it's still challenging but man it's still fun and i it's i'm really glad that i got to do this i'm really glad that this post downtime put the game away for a while i'm still glad that this game has this much of impression on me yeah uh i haven't had even the intention to just go get a few more things and all right yeah i'm kind of it's not i'm it's not burning out on me i know for a fact i'm gonna do all the shrines i'm gonna go get shit unlocked i'm gonna do the dungeons probably once i do that and beat the game somewhere in there i'm gonna do all this dlc content uh i know there's like a motorcycle you can get now there's (laughs) some there's a there's a challenge mode as well which is like a series of other dungeons or other or something like that i'm probably gonna do everything again short of uh 
all the Korok seeds. I still have just no desire. I have an app, uh, the Hyrule Compendium, I want to say it's called. Look at uh, the Breath Breath of the Wild Companion. And I could totally sit down and mark all 999 places for Korok seeds, but I'm not going to do that. Like, yeah. I just... I, I don't. Once you get two or three hundred of those, you have every fucking thing you need. You have like 15 additional weapon spots and 15 additional shield spots and bow spots and et cetera, et cetera. Like that's overkill already. Um, so you're saying that even wanna, though you can see the, the lines now, you know, you can see the strings that are pulling things. This game is still maintaining uh-huh. that pull. Yes. Because when the combat engages you, you still have to act like, yes, I have food now that's going to keep I don't die like I do not die. I, I, I'm i going to because I'm eventually going to run out of fairies. I have to get some more again. But when the combat engages you like, OK, again, I'm playing in master mode, mind you. So when I run into a camp with like fucking eight bull goblins, even though I have like pretty average above average weapons and decent armor and really good food. They can still fuck you up, and they will. So you still have to be on your toes. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to be wasting a lot of food, which is going to require more farming on your end. Uh, the Lionel combat was one of the most. That was the one that got me, and I bet like I'm still Lionel hunting, and you know all the other other ones. It's not just saying that's the only thing. All the other combat that I've been engaged in, it's still been fun, still engaging, still interactable. It's it's nice. Uh, I put a picture on my Facebook today that was one of the. This was another testament to this game where so many times the first time that I played Breath of the Wild, I had all these moments, and that's exactly what that game is for anybody that hasn't played this game yet. Moments is what that game is built around. It's every ten minutes you're going to come across something, be it small or big or fucking mind blowing. This that you just. I remember the first time I saw a fucking dragon. I didn't know what the fuck it was. I had I was spoiler free, thankfully, and I saw a fucking dragon flying overhead, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" and was blown away. Well, today. I was in the northern region of the map and I was fighting a silver haired silver mane lion, which, or a silver lionel, sorry. And those are pretty much, I want to say they are the top dog of the lionels. There may be another grade above that, but I, I can't recall. I think there was one in Hyrule Castle that's pretty powerful. Anyway, it's a long combat. Like, you're going to be engaged with a silver lionel, even on, especially in master mode, for a good 10 to 15 minutes. I, I'd say, unless you're doing everything perfect. So I'm in this combat. I've got I've got my armor the way I want to. I've got it coded. I've got it colored the way I want to. I've got the weapon. I've already killed a silver lion already, so I've already got a cool silver lionel sword. I've got the like I've got my character the way I want to. I'm fighting this lionel one on one. I'm pulling my parries off. I'm pulling my flurries off really well. Uh, not parry, sorry, just the flurries. My combat's going good. I'm getting knocked down. My fucking fairy brings me back to life. I'm like, gotta stop that. Gotta be better. Gotta, gotta get better. And then I see a fucking shadow fly by really slow. And I'm like, oh, it must be a cloud. And I look up and there's a fucking, the fucking Dinral, the flame dragon is flying right over my head as I'm engaging in this combat. And it was just, <gasps> That's fucking awesome. So as I'm doing this combat, that shit's happening. And I'm like, look at this. 
I know what the fuck a silver Lionel is. I know what Denral is. And I'm just wowed right now by this fucking moment. The game is still giving me moments. So, uh, it totally admitted. I've still got, you know, 40, 50 something mini, little mini Steam games to go back and play. And I'm sure I will get to them. I have ones that I want to go back to. Uh, first, I have like a kind of a mental list of ones where, I, yeah, this is that, you know, Metroidvania game I want to try again, and or this is that platformer I want to get back to. But I'm fucking knee deep in this game again, so it's probably going to be this one for quite some time. Uh, I'm very interested to get to this all this DLC, uh, especially now that I'm playing it, that all of it's been out. Uh, I didn't buy that pass for nothing, so now I have it and I can do it. The initial idea was to just start with the master mode, but but then I started reading that there was all this other content too, and it's like, well, shit, there's a lot more involved in this game. How much that's going to add to the timer, I can't tell you. Uh, it would be nice to to grade to like actually measure that and attack it on my first gameplay because this game, I don't I don't feel myself spending three hundred something hours on this one. I really don't. At the speed that I'm going now, like I've already done close to, if not more than half of the shrines. Uh, I mean, that's going to happen again. I know the game now. I know where shit is. I know where to find them. I know nine, I'd say 85 to 90% of this game, like the back of my hand. So now it's just doing it. And yeah, Adam, even though I already know all it, even though I, I'm, I'm going through motions, uh, me being a person that can go through a good game multiple times, I'm still having fun. That's a that's a good testament for this game for me. Uh, kind of solidifies it up there in the top three Zelda games of all time. Where it sits, it's still got that. That's it's down the road. Not ready for that debate just yet. Mm-hmm. The day that Adam and Chris both come to me and say, "Hey, man." I have my respective top 15 game of all time. I will sit down and have the Breath of the Wild, Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time fight. I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not. There's going to be some bloodshed. Right, so t- going to be so some tonight, bloodshed then. that day. Yeah, yeah, sure. If you got your list going, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty much it for my week. Uh, anything else, guys? Any news? Any tidbits? Anything else to discuss before we roll into tonight's topic? Uh I did uh I did have one thing that I forgot to mention. Go ahead. I found out that uh two new animes came out. One was Steins Gate Zero, which was a the second season to a really, really badass anime that I watched a couple of years back. Man, it's good. Oh my god. I didn't think they could actually do a it pull off a good sequel to this I, th- I thought it ended on like the perfect spot but then i started watching it and i was like oh my god well you have my so now, interest in the audiences tell us about this anime oh man all right spoiler free mind the, you the only spoiler free i will tell you that it is it, it, this is what jogged my memory of it is it's a, an anime about time travel <gasps> oh I'm already interested <laughs> so it's about it's about time travel and you go to watch the first episode and you're completely fucking lost and it takes you it it honestly it took me the very first time i watched it i remember it taking me like five or six episodes to actually figure out what the fuck was going on but once i did i went back and watched them all over again i was like okay okay i see what's going on now i see what's going on 
I can read between the lines. Cause I'm, I'm one of those people, like, I, when I beat Xenogears, I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. I immediately started over and I was like, let me figure this out with the new inputs I've got and start tying strings together. Yeah, you, you're gonna have to do that with this anime a couple of times okay. to figure it out. I mean, it's not as bad, but it is definitely one of those ones where it's like, okay, because he did this, this changed and that made this happen. It's all about the world lines, man. Mm-hmm. It's all about the world lines. Well, this, this actually goes back to that because they explain all the time travel, except for the one they, they snuck in on you. <laughs> that they didn't explain at the very end of the first season. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't even noticed it. Had watched the anime two or three times, had not noticed it until the second season started. And then suddenly I went back and watched it one more time. And I was like, wait, they never said what was going on with that and where that came from. And then it's like, oh, oh, here we go. We're going to explain this in the second season now. Oh, man. Oh, God. And it is gut-wrenching. It is like, it starts off as kind of goofy, wacky, you know. You get to see the characters doing their things, and they're all, you know, it's like the main character is very uh, bombastic and pretentious, you know. Mm-hmm. And you watch this poor fucker get broke the fuck down into like a blubbering mess of fucking nothing. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it is so... I'm not, I'm trying not to spoil anything, yeah. but like everything he does to help people, just, it, it, it fucks over this one thing. So he has to go back and like unfuck all those things. And in turn, he's like to help one person, he has to hurt another. And it just keeps happening over and over. Oh, it's good. It was so good. And this is just a continuation of that. Nice. The second season is, oh, but it's in a different way. It's in a completely different way. So it's like, wow. Well, you definitely sold on the interest part, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and two other anime that I also didn't think were ever going to get sequels, but are both going to get sequels now. So it's just, 2018 has, has redeemed itself from the shitty Star Wars that came out. <laughs> okay. It is like, okay, well, here's some good sequels to offset that bad one. Steins Gate got its sequel after, I want to say it's like six years. I want to say it was like 2012 when that thing came out. Maybe 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and a certain magical index slash a certain scientific railgun are both also getting a third season. I remember you talking about liking that a lot. Oh yeah, it was a fucking awesome anime. An awesome, awesome novel series. The novel series is is a lot farther along than the animes were. But it was so it was of such good quality that I was just like, okay, well I hope they give out another one. I'm not the only person that thought this either. Like, where where's season three? Where's where's the rest of it? Yeah, they they just let us chew on that for like six, seven years. <laughs> but this year, October, it's coming out. God, it's gonna be great. Awesome. I'm right so right now I'm I'm kind of slowly giving myself this IV drip of Steins Gate season two mm-hmm. to hold me over <laughs> <laughs> until Raildex comes out in October. Nice, nice. So 
Yeah, it suddenly reminded me that of that when you were talking about the uh, the time travel movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just mention that as soon as you get to be a break. Cool. So, bam, here it is. <laughs> Chris, what about you? You said you had something? Yeah, I, uh, I was just going to mention that I was still watching the uh, World Cup. It's, oh, yeah. uh, it's about wrapped up. There are two matches left, the uh, third place match and the finals, so... Some pretty good games uh, last couple weeks, and I'm kind of mixed feelings about the final, but we'll see. If it ends up being a good game or not. Yeah. Well, on that note, I guess we're running to today's topic. No surprise, you can tell by the title of the episode. We are reviewing 1993 in gaming. Uh, kind of a slow year, I'd say. But not not really. It, we're, mm-hmm. we're we're I feel like we're a year or so away from hitting the holy shit game game of the year of the decade. But still a good year. Still got some good games in here. Um, some notable just gaming news. Period. Uh, the Atari Jaguar was released this year. Uh, the 3DO, which I'd have to look it up again to see, but there apparently were three separate companies that combined together to make the 3DO. Hmm. Uh, it was Panasonic and two other ones, I forget. But Atari, uh, maybe. I don't. I don't think so because they had. The, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also this year, a console that I've never owned but envied those that did around me. The uh, top-loading NES was released this year. It's a smaller, more compact NES that you could load your games from the top. I always thought it was so cool, but still have my classic one, the old front loader. Um. So yeah. I guess we'll roll into the games that came out in the year 1993, starting with the A's. Uh, so ActRaiser 2 came out this year, and this was met with probably, I'd have to guess, some sort of fever pitch, given the popularity and the awesomeness that was ActRaiser. An immediate letdown when you realize that the uh, god mode of the game is completely gone. <laughs> it's basically nothing but a side-scrolling action game. Now, again... If you take the game for what it is, by itself, just a side-scrolling slash em up it's still good. That aspect of the game is good. But it's just so hard to do that when you see the two there. It's, it's a direct sequel, and especially harder if you know that you have played the first game and it has this whole yeah. god mode that's not, not there at all. Yeah, it's hard to get over that disappointment. Yeah. From it's it, it's got that sequel the sequel's curse where it has to carry on the legacy of its predecessor. Yeah. It would be interesting to do a Google uh, or a YouTube search and see if anybody has done some homework and digging on why this decision was made, but it was made and the game was reverted to a solely side scrolling hack 'em up style game. Um uh, also, Alien vs. Predator came out this year for the Super Nintendo, and I love this game, man. This is a unsung hero side-scrolling beat-em-up. Uh, just as the game says, it's Aliens vs. Predator. You play as the Predator, and it's side-scrolling beat-em-up. You fight fucking hordes and hordes of aliens, all different types, uh, boss aliens at the ends of stages, 
Uh, you have different power ups. You, you you can pick up health. I mean, it's, it's it's any fucking beat 'em up, but you get to play as a predator. And for what it was back in the Super Nintendo, it was really cool. Uh, any A's from you guys? Yep. Uh, Arrow the Acrobat. Um, oh man, I remember seeing magazine. I remember seeing this. that. Yeah, it was all over EGN. Yes, <laughs> they like they like bought EGN and put it on every other page. Yeah, uh, and I talked about this game a little bit on our. Uh, I think it was the top ten Sega game, uh, Sega games episode. But it's a two uh, D platformer. Uh, you play a bat who is a in a. Uh, kind of circus type environment hence the acrobat um you know very creative naming um, mm-hmm. oh, we'll and, get to some creative naming later yeah um you know i couldn't tell you what the real story of this was but i remember playing this quite a bit and it was fun i mean it was a uh it was a real chill platformer you know i'm sure there was a lot of objectives but i would just play it and just just go all around the levels, you know, seeing what I could find and do. And, uh, didn't really, aside from the, um, level itself, you know, with its end goal, I wasn't too worried about that. <laughs> yeah. It was just fun to play. I always wondered how good it was. And I mean, at this, in this age, I have no excuse. I could just go boot the fucking thing up and play it. But, mm-hmm. uh, platforming was good. Good yeah. game. Cool. Yep. I don't think I had any complaints about it. It was, a, like I said, a real chill game. I'd have some time to do something, and i just load it up and play until I got bored. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, moving down the list, uh, in the Bs, uh, in the same year, uh, Battle to- we got Battletoads and Double Dragon and Battletoads in Battle Maniacs. Uh, I definitely... Definitely put a lot more time into Battle Maniacs, uh, because that I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think I had access to Battletoads and Double Dragon as much as I did Battle Maniacs. Uh, fun story: there was a local casino down here uh, on the coast, and it had. I remember it. I don't. Th- I think before it had an arcade. I can't remember if it had built an arcade yet at the time, but. They had this room that was set up adjacent to. Well, it wasn't a room. There was a huge room, and the main focus of the of the room was a big playroom. It had one of those fucking mm-hmm. McDonald's like playhouse kind of things. And then in the smaller section of the room, they had a cubicle type situation where it was like like ten, fifteen cubicles all back to back, whatever, down a row. And they had Super Nintendos and Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Sega Genesis, and they had like select games for all the consoles, and you they they literally had a fucking egg timer. You would put your name on a list, or your parents would put your name on a list, whatever. They call your name, you'd sit down, they'd start the egg timer. I think I want to say you got thirty minutes, but that could be wrong. It could be like ten. I, f- I forget. When the timer went off, you had to stop playing. You got up, and the next people on the list got to play. Very uh, very cool setup that I have never seen ever again. Uh, but the only game that I got to play, given the amount of kids that were there, I only got to play one time. Uh, this was the game that I got to play for the first time ever in this fucking casino Super Nintendo setup. Mm-hmm. Um, 
This game is basically Battletoads that you remember for the NES. It's just upgraded with Super Nintendo graphics, Super Nintendo music. Um, it still has most, I, I believe everything is still there. I only made it a few levels in any time that I've ever played it. But the morphing of the frogs, like, they're, they're, they're morphing into different weapons and things plays prominent in this game. Like them having ram horns pop out of their head when they ram something or having their hands turn into giant symbols as they clash together or their boot turning into a gigantic spike, uh, gigantic spiked boot or shoe when they kick somebody off the screen. All that played a big part. Uh, fun game. Uh, and I think Battletoads and Double Dragon does the same thing. This seems like a fucking no duh common sense pair up. You know, you've got two of the, two of the, arguably the most popular side scrolling beat 'em up Nintendo titles at the time. Get the team up in a game. I remember being interesting. I remember being fun. I uh, just don't remember playing it too too often. I definitely remember putting more time in a, in a Battle Maniacs. Um. See, Blaster Master 2, I put this on the list. I've never played it. I put it on the game because this was a sequel I found out in my early 20s. I was like, there was a fucking sequel to Blaster <laughs> Master? And it was on the Sega Genesis? What the shit? But I never played it. I saw, I've seen screenshots of it, seen video of it. It's not the same. I'm a, the, Sophia looks very different. She's very tall as opposed to very sleek, like she, which is a tank for those that don't know. <laughs> uh, when you get out of Sophia and you go into the dungeon type areas, they have changed to side scrolling shoot 'em ups instead of overhead shooters. You which, know, I mean, that's it. I, I'm glad you clarified who Sophia was before you said when you get out of her. <laughs> Damn. Shabang. Um, so yeah, just looking at the game, I've never played it. I should just to just to, just to tally down the differences, but uh, it doesn't look like it captured the spirit of Blaster Master. Uh, and speaking of naming conventions, Chris, yes, we also have Bubsy in Claws Encounters of the Third <laughs> Kind. Claws Encounters of the Third Kind. This is yeah. one of those games, and I think there's another one somewhere down this list uh, that I'll get to. This is one of those games where this was getting toward the bottom of uh, friends like, hey, I've got 30 games. Uh, getting down to the bottom of his barrel for borrowing his games, this was one of them. Um, I think I've said it on record already, but I don't hate this game. This game is not horrible. Uh, I just don't believe that it ever needed or deserved any kind of sequel or remake. Like this is not when you, th there are notable B tier uh platformers out there. This is more closer to lower B, upper C. Uh, it's not horrible. It's just not noteworthy. And I only put it on here because I did play it and kind of put more hours than I should have because again. I just played whatever the fuck I could back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, bees, anyone, anyone, anyone's? Mm -mm. Nah. Chippendales Rescue Rangers 2. This is still in the era where Capcom is putting out these uh, Disney-style, Disney-themed games. 
Uh, mm-hmm. If you played Chippendales Rescue Rangers 1 for the NES, this is a direct sequel. You get the same game. Not literally. There's new levels, new enemies, etc. But you can literally play. If you wanted a larger Chippendales experience, you could just play these two back to back because they feel the same. There's still the pickup mechanic, throw, throw mechanic, uh, interesting bosses, good platforming, good gameplay. It's all still there, just more of the same. Uh, Clay Fighter. This is this this game. Yeah, yeah. This game has an interesting uh, spot in my life because I unironically like Clay Fighter. I always have, and the more that I've played it over the years, I realize how absolutely janky and busted it is, <laughs> including including its sequel and its 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 trequel for the fucking Nintendo sixty four Clay mm-hmm. Fighter sixty three and third. Uh, I loved 63 and the third so much, and I have played it in the past four or five years and been like, oh, God, I should not <laughs> sing this game. It's bad. Uh, as far as fighting game goes, yes, it is not fucking Street Fighter Alpha material, okay? It's not fucking Tekken. This game is not going to be in the top running, like, Evo sponsorship games. I, I know that. You got the tech combos. The meta on this game is ridiculous. <laughs> The the charm of this game is always what drew me in. The fact that you could play as a walking stick of taffy or a or an angry snowman or a fucking Elvis impersonator that has a a, a fucking hairdo that's like four wasn't foot the long. boss just like wasn't he named End Boss or something like that? I I think I, I think that's how seriously the game yeah, took it itself. Surprise, it's just like. <laughs> Uh, also, just a personal touch in my personal life, this was also uh, a game that I was, f- the very first time I played this game, Chris, was at Jughead's house. Him and his dad were playing this game, and I was so interested in it. Uh, I, I remember picking uh, Ichibod Clay, and he has always been my favorite go-to character since then. Uh, yeah, just weird, again, being at somebody's house and their father is playing video games. They're not playing Madden, you know, they're not playing Mario for a level and tossing it down. They're playing competitively Clay Fighter. Uh, interesting couple people in my life right there. Mm. Uh, C's, any other ones? I got one for you. Yeah. Cool spot. Now, this is it. I want to say I played this. This is a platformer, isn't it? Yeah, it's a platformer, and you play as the 7-Up mascot logo thing, the spot. Um, Yes. This was was a silly game. Um, I mean, you're playing as, you know, a soda mascot, uh, a la the Domino's... uh, God, well, the Zoid? The Noids. The, no- Noid. the Noids. Noids. Yep. Yeah. You know. Avoid the Noids. It's kind of a theme back in the day with those. But it was, I mean, it was a platformer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, the Noid had a really badass game. Yeah, the Noid game was pretty It had good. all kinds of really cool mini games and stuff like that, I remember. But what was that? Was this one kind of similar or was it? Just a platformer, or a there wasn't a whole game, lot or? to this one. Um, it was a straight up platformer. You were trying to uh, save other spots, um, and I don't think so. It's like Odd World, but with the spot from Seven Up, <laughs> and a lot simpler. Um, yeah, 
I'm trying to think. I don't think there's there's a bonus stage, but aside that, it was just the main levels. I remember there being lots of actual spots across the stage, and that was kind of the draw. Like, it is a platformer. Mm-hmm. You bounce on bubbles to go across the stage, blah, blah, blah. But you pick up a lot of these spots, and they add, I don't remember if it was points or if they were bullets you could shoot or what. But if you like a platform where you're picking up shit across the stage, this is your kind of game. And it was actually pretty good platforming. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, there wasn't anything special about it, it was, but it was a, you know, for what it was, a solid game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on down into Disney Aladdin. I, I've noted this not only for it being, you know, a fucking noteworthy game. Uh, if you've never played the Disney Aladdins, either one. Uh, this is definitely a debate-worthy title because it was released uh, across two consoles in the same year. Capcom gave you the Super Nintendo version and Virgin mm-hmm. Games gave you the Genesis release. I did not know that fact until today. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let me tell you another thing you probably didn't know then. The, the games were completely different on the consoles. I do. I do. Uh, the, uh, go ahead. Aladdin has this picture of a sword. Okay. On both of the, it's the same, like, it's, it's generally the same, uh, art on the front of the boxes from mm-hmm. the Genesis to the Super Nintendo. I played this game at a friend's house on the Genesis and he had a goddamn sword he could use to kill enemies with. Mm-hmm. Play the Super Nintendo version and you fling apples at people. <laughs> yeah. This- he has a sword on the box. <laughs> but you can't, there's no, and I sat there for like hours. I beat this game. Never once touched a sword. Yep. This uh, this is where the debate comes into play with this game. With a lot of people, is what is the better version? Uh, you take your pick. To me, it doesn't matter. I'm, it's not something mm-hmm. I'm willing. It's not a hill I want to die on. I prefer the Super Nintendo version mainly because that's the one that I played more. But I did play both versions. I was at a weird spot in my life where I was at a friend of a friend of a family's house, and they had super. He had Mario Paint. I specifically remember playing Mario Paint and then playing Mortal Kombat One and Aladdin for the Genesis at the same time. Very weird. Uh, later on in my life, I played the Super Nintendo version, and the differences were there, but as a kid, I didn't care. I was playing Aladdin platformer. It was fun. Uh, the music is is definitely different. Uh, some of the levels are different. I just, I'm sure there's an, there's a deep analysis on the on the differences, but yeah, they are they are two different, almost pretty much both different games. And again, today the me re, the realization that Capcom made one and Virgin made the other one was new to me. I thought Capcom did both of them and it was just a censorship issue, but no, it's, a, it's also a dual company issue. Yeah, the uh, the Sega version is the one I believe I played and it's funny. I actually put this on my list to talk about because I was going to mention the, uh, I believe it was a childcare place at the casino that you were talking about. That's where I played Aladdin at. Mm-hmm. So... Not pl- yeah. didn't play a whole lot, but that's where my little bit of exposure to it was. <laughs> uh, Doom, the very first Doom came out this year on MS DOS. Uh, 
I mean, what what else more can you say about Doom, folks? We've talked that game in the hole, but yeah, first person shooter, very very early archaic first person shooter. Well, I wouldn't say archaic. It's there there have been first person shooter before this, but mm-hmm. this was the start of setting a standard for what shooters would develop into. Uh, if you've never went back and played any of these old ones, I can understand. Uh, maybe you could watch a video if you don't feel like going through the hassle of finding them or, or downloading. I'm sure Doom is free across multiple multiple platforms. But some things that people just don't remember or know about first-person shooters today compared to Doom. Like in Doom, you didn't look up and down. There was no... It wasn't technically aiming. You basically pointed your pointed your cursor at the enemy and they and they went down no matter what level they were on mm-hmm. uh specifically remember being above enemies and just putting my gun in their direction and the bullets would go to them <laughs> yeah i mean you went you turned left and right you i don't even think strafing was a thing it may have been i could be wrong there but this is the base. This is a very, very base model. And of course, all the, all the other controversy around it, you know, the blood, the fucking, yeah. the demonic and Satan imagery and all that. I mean, we found a portal on Mars that led to basically hell. What do you want? It is what it is. Uh, but this is the very first one. Uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Uh, Chris, I'm, on her. <laughs> damn. Have you? Have you played this, Chris? Oh yeah, I love this oh, game man. back in the day. Uh, I'm sure there's a game, there's a base type game that this this is made after. There have been several games like this. It is Tetris in mind that there are pieces falling from the sky and you have to you know drop them and arrange them in a certain pattern. Puyo the, puyo, the puyo puyo, yeah yeah. Uh, the general idea here is that you're trying to get four colors to match up the same, mm-hmm. kind of like Doctor Doctor Mario. Was Doctor Mario three colors to match up or four? I think I it was have four. No idea. Oh man, you I think it was been three? It it might have been. It might have been. Well, uh, I'm saying this loosely. We'll fact check that shit. But in Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, you would have these two blobs connected that would fall from the sky and you would place them on the ground below you and the idea was to match up four colors to clear them and you could you could set up patterns kind of like tetris where you would where when pieces would clear the ones above them would fall down and if you had more matching colors then those would break and those would break and uh kirby's avalanche is another one that just rings so true it just exactly like this game the more combinations that you did the more chains of these breakings you did it would send like other like clear blobs to your enemy your partner Mm -hmm. or your opponent and those would fall and they would have to also clear those out of the way it basically would you know make their screen fill up and you know if you made the other person's screen fill up all the way the way they couldn't lay any pieces down you won um I noted this one on here mainly <laughs> mainly because of Kirby's Avalanche because I have played like 70 hours of Avalanche and maybe like 5 of this one mm-hmm. but I love this gameplay style this 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 is addicting and this is I mean this is the Sega alternative you either get Kirby on the Super Nintendo or you get you get uh Dr. Robotnik on this one Yeah this is the one I had <laughs> Yeah yeah I think it did it come paired with something at some point? 
Like it was two games on one cartridge, or you know, I, was it Sonic Spinball? Maybe that would make the most sense. It it might be because um, I had both. So that makes sense. But I don't, I don't see it. I, on I, I remember that being a thing. I remember it being like you either purchased it or it was on the same game or something like that. I want to yeah. say it was Spinball. Um. Yeah, we'll find out in the future. Yep. Uh, and lastly, for for the D's, I want to talk about just really, really quick Ducktales two. Everything I just said about Chippendales Rescue Rangers two, <laughs> cut and paste with Ducktales two. Uh, this is criminally unheard of, which is crazy, and I mean criminally unheard of even to this day, even with the popularity that Ducktales got. Uh, Ducktales is so good that that fucker got a remaster. I think it was last year, or year mm-hmm. before. Uh, either way, yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as meme worthiness goes, the fucking moon theme to this to DuckTales 1 was enough to rocket it into popularity, but the game itself is very good. It's another Capcom Disney game, and it's engineered very well, and this game is a, it's, it's a repeat. I have only played maybe an hour and a half of this, so I can't testify fully, but I remember as soon as I got in the game, jumping on fucking enemies, finding treasures, using, using my cane as a pogo stick, and I was like, okay, cool, more, more of it. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, I guess move on to ease. I got a D for you. Okay. I wrong. Uh-oh. Um, oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, Uh-oh. oh, God. He's got it for That's you. That's it. The fucking, uh, the fucking head cannon is all over the place now. Thanks, Chris. Oh, man. I can't the fan I art that will be created. Oh, God. The fan, fan art that will be created. No. Ugh. So let's see if I can salvage this by talking about a great game uh, okay. that is Dark Wizard. Um, I've talked about this before. This game, if I do end up making, you know, like a top 15, this game might be on it. Um, Damn. It is a RPG, but it is essentially a, a tile-based uh, uh it's not well. Yeah, it is turn-based because you do all is your this units. Sega and then, CD? Yeah, this is Sega CD. Oh wow! Um, if you're noticing a trend here, a lot of my most cherished games were on the Sega CD. Um, yeah, and a lot of really bad ones too. But we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Uh, yeah. I think we talked about some with the last year. Um, but this game, it had a very interesting system. Um, first off, you have four playable characters that are your, you know, quote unquote hero. Um, and each one of them had their own abilities, uh, and depending on which hero depend determined which units you got to select from. Um, so you play one and there's one of their special, uh, units is like a rock, um, which it's a flying unit that can avoid ter- or, uh, ignore terrain. So that's super OP in certain aspects, you know, um, I think I don't know if it was unique to one of them, but I, there was like a Hydra. So that gave you in the water. Uh, so you could go around these obstacles. I spent most of my time in this game on the very first stage playing it over and over. Um, just grinding stuff out, you know, because you upgrade your heroes or your units rather. And they, you, I say evolve, they upgrade into something else. 
uh, like you have a warrior that will turn into a knight. Uh, the Hydra actually evolves from something. So you have something else first, or it evolves into something else. Uh, can't remember quite for that one. Um, but I would literally stay on the first map and just grind out all my uh, units. I'd max out as many as it let me put on the map. Uh, and I would not kill the boss. I would surround the boss and I would let him hit my units so that they get experience. And when they got close to dying, I moved them away and healed them, filled someone else in the spot. And I just sat there grinding for who knows how many hours on this game. Um, and I didn't even realize until a lot later that there's actually a lot of story to this game. Um, I see that, man. I'm seeing like anime pictures cutscenes mm-hmm. almost i'm seeing overworld like towels i'm yeah. seeing like side to side combat man there's yeah so the side to side combat here. is actually something that you can disable in the options um it's mm-hmm. cool you know the first few times but basically anytime you get into a fight it'll actually show the two enemies or your uh unit and the enemy on the screen and show them doing their you know each taking their turn to hit in that little round of combat uh, it's like I said, cool, you know, the first couple times, or if you want to see what the boss looks like or something like that, but I typically skipped it. Um, but on the map, there are a lot of cities. Now I'm trying to think of what all I originally used the cities for. I think it was mostly to buy something. I think there are items you could get for your hero. Um, I don't know if the normal units could use it. Uh, but there are a lot of story aspects you get in these cities, which I didn't do because I didn't know I could do it back then. Um, I was very young when I played this. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's got so much depth to it, uh, that even I didn't even know about for years. Um, I would, I would wonder. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of interesting stuff just by looking at the screenshots and the yeah. fact that you've touted it so much. Cool. My question would be, when two questions. When is the last time you played this, and do you think it would hold up today for you? Um, I think so. Um, I actually bought it off eBay a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, so I'd have a copy of it, and I was playing on emulator anyway. Um, I'd have to go back and play. Uh, it's been a long time, but I certainly think uh, it would hold up for me. Yeah. But, um, Looks very it, interesting, man. Yeah, it wasn't anything, you know, super advanced. Uh, or, yeah, it, it was, you know, that style of graphics that, yeah, it's not, you know, 3D, super cool looking stuff. So it's, you know, like most sprite based stuff, it's gonna still look okay yeah i mean we're still talking 1993 here though so i mean i'm not expecting you know mass effect out of this Mm -hmm. it looks for for the age and for what it's offering it it looks good yeah um like i said i spent most of my time on the first level i got i don't think i got past the second map um when i played i think that was partially due because of the sega cd's save issues Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but mostly for me just playing the same app and grinding out Ref- levels. <laughs> uh, very Refresh my memory. Yeah. How do you save games on the Sega CD? The cartridge. 
the cartridge itself? Okay. Yeah, you have a uh, Sega CD memory cartridge. Uh, looks mm. just like a Sega game cartridge. Uh, normal Genesis cartridge, I mean. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they were notorious for being a little bit loose and deleting everything on them or something like that. So uh-huh. it was a matter of, okay, is this one being read? Nope, okay. Is this one being read? Nope, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. But yeah, the... Uh, the four heroes have abilities they use on top of, you know, their units and stuff. So one of them can heal a unit anywhere on the map. Uh, so that was really useful. Um, yeah, lots of fun. Uh, I love the game. Cool. Any, Adam, any D's you want to talk about? No. Nope. No D's, huh? Nope, no D's for me. <laughs> I feel like you're saying a statement there. Uh, Eternal Champions was the only one on the E's that I saw that I even want to mention. Yeah. Uh, yep. Eternal Champions is a fighting game for the Sega Genesis, and it's something. Uh, I remember, th- I think this game had background fatalities, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah. And uh, I guess it had pregame fatalities, too, because if I remember correctly, all these people that were fighting were dead. I think so. I'm pretty sure that, because I, I had this for the Genesis. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. It came out with the the six-button controller. You remember the Genesis mm-hmm. release? Oh, this yeah. was one of the, they were like, you need to have that to play this game. So I went out and got one of those controllers just to play this fucking game. I spent so long. This was pre pre internet, so I was yeah. I was you know trying to figure out all the fatalities and all that, and I'd kill people. Yeah, I'd put it in two players and try to do the the stage fatalities from different angles at different places. And oh god, such a and, such a B tier cover for this game. <laughs> it looks like a B tier comic yes. book cover. You know, you got this fucking wizard in the background, which damn near he should be the forefront if you're trying to draw interest. But he's way in the background, waving his wand in the air. You have, I guess, like a flying woman in the a next circus performer. In, yeah. yeah, in the next foreground, and then you've got fucking Wesley Snipes in a teal <laughs> leoto- uh, yeah. a teal suit with a fucking beam that's coming at. Either into or out of his wrist at some. If you take blade and blade rudder and you yeah, put them together, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out the angle of, of what this thing coming out of his wrist is. I don't know if he's collecting or if he's shooting, but why is it shooting it? I don't mm-hmm. fucking know. And then at the very, very foreground, you've got fucking lion, that lion enemy elf. from He Man, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> Complete with a club that's uh, it's it's coming right at you. This oh man, but the sprite work in the game itself is actually pretty decent. Uh, you got a and the game is dark as fuck. Yeah, you've got a cast of odd characters all over the place. You you do have the wizard. You have all the ones we just talked about. There's also like a, a noir detective looking guy. There's a guy with a fucking rifle and uh, look like a western guy with a with a rifle shooting somebody. You've got a you've got a merman with a fucking hook for for a hand. Uh, a little so somewhat eclectic cast of characters, but this I don't I don't know if this game ever got off much got off the ground that much for really anybody. 
I get the notable thing for me is remembering that there were like stage fatalities. And I remember that being pretty cool. And at this point of the game, at this point of the video game life, I think Mortal Kombat 2 is one we're going to talk about later. But I don't even, I don't, did Mortal Kombat 2 have stage fatalities? Yeah. I, you know what? It was Actually, the first yeah. one to have them. Actually, no. No. For, Mortal the Kombat first one, one was the pit. The first one was the pit yeah. in Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah. But Mortal Kombat 2 was like, okay, let's put a couple more in there. Yeah. I mean, again, if you have a Sega Genesis and you're looking for, hopefully, another fighting game after Mortal Kombat, this may or may not satiate you. It's yeah. it's there, and it's gotten a couple minutes of talk on this podcast, so <laughs> check it out, I guess. I remember one very cool one was, like, you knock a dude into a bonfire... And then there was another one where, like, you there was this woman selling tickets, and if you fucking hit a guy in just the right way, he'd bounce in front of her, and she would just take offense to that, pull out a Tommy gun, and shoot the dude. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's fucking cool. It's like, what the fuck? The first time you see it, you flip out, and then nobody believes you because you can't replicate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that was that was how the Genesis days were back in back in medieval times. Any other E's before we get to the lonely F's? Eternal champions. Yep. I have no Fs to talk about, and that hurts my feelings so bad because I specifically made a note in here. The only F on my list is no Final Fantasy. Yeah. There was no there was no Final Fantasy this year that came out this year. You're saying you don't give an F, huh? (laughs) I don't give an F and neither did uh neither did the gaming world either. So the only the only one I wrote down, um and I don't know that I ever played it, but I just wanted to mention it. Uh, Final Fight Two. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, we talked about Final Fight before, and this is a sequel to it. Just another beat 'em up, you know, side scrolling beat 'em up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, kind of the same thing for me when I get into the G's. Uh, Goof Troop. I wanted to talk about this was the first. Uh, this was the first Game Grumps video that I ever watched. I think their original series was, uh, Goof Troop. Oh, Jesus. I have to look up what the other ones were. But I, I remember this one. I remember this one very much. And I had never played this game. This was the, a more, this was more eyes opening for me. This is what YouTube videos and channels have done for me over the years. It's just bringing to light all these games that I never knew existed. Uh, even if I had barely even caught a cursory glance of Goof Troop, I never knew what this game was. I never played it. It wasn't, I don't think I ever came across it to rent. I just, I, this is not in my thing. But watching the Game Grumps play this game, watching the the gameplay, the graphics, the music, the, the fucking co-op hilarity that it ensues, this game looks fucking great. I I'm sad that I missed it back in the day. I'm sad I never got to play it. But it looks fucking fun. It's a over the it's a top down puzzle type game featuring fucking the characters from Goof Troop. <laughs> what yeah, more I do you actually, want? You know, it's it's fun. I actually watched the uh, speed run of it during uh, GDQ. They had a co op speed run. Yeah. Uh, if you've if you've never heard of this game or never seen it played, trust me, I completely understand it. That's 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 my library as well. But I'm glad that I did because this game is actually very very fun. Uh, and just to well actually myself, the first three that they ever played play were Kirby Superstar, The Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, and then Mega Man Seven, and then they went to Goof Troop. 
and this was I, I think Goof Troop was when I caught on to uh, the game Grumps and then yeah uh, that's all the G's that I have I don't have any H's or I's either um, I only have one J this is why this is I, I mentioned to Chris earlier today like my list I have like mm-hmm. 70 games to talk about or some shit but it's not really that many because some of these are <laughs> Some of these are I'm just note they're just noteworthy for reasons. Uh, The J that I'm mentioning is one example of that Jurassic Park. I noted this because this game was released on four separate consoles (laughs) in the same year. There was a PC Jurassic Park, a NES Jurassic Park, an SNES Jurassic Park, and a Genesis Jurassic Park. All four of these games have slight differences or major differences across the board. I have only played the SNES and the Genesis title, uh, but just crazy that that that's the popularity that this movie was in yeah. at the time. In the same year, all four of those got released. Yeah, yeah, man. The to me, the Genesis version was a little bit better. Yeah, just because mm-hmm. I like the gameplay more. I mean, the the if I remember correctly, the Super Nintendo was like a three quarters isometric kind of game and then you'd go in a building and it'd be first person yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and you yeah Ah, i never really liked that game (laughs) i I don't know 93 was definitely the year of jurassic park that's the year that that game came out and it just it just shows exactly how explosive that game was i mean that movie was because you know but the genesis game was the shit yeah Yeah, we talked about it a bit on the uh the top sega games Mm-hmm. Now they on the hitting the. There's nothing like hitting the fucking T Rex in the face with a flashbang. Yeah, you know you you're walking around, then all of a sudden it just pops out, mm-hmm. tries to bite you. There yeah. was. I loved playing as a raptor and jumping and doing the ledge climb. Mm-hmm. You know, grab, grabbing on using his his two bottom feet to climb onto the a ledge and then pull himself up. I always loved that. And he could bite people and hold the button down, and he'd start yeah. shaking them. Yeah. 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 Uh, fun fact for the audience: uh, Jurassic Park is my number one favorite movie of all time. So you would think that I played all these games and love them all, but unfortunately, I haven't, and I don't. <laughs> I, I like the two that I played, but I didn't play the other two. Uh, down to the K's, Kirby's Adventure. This is a monumental, like world-shattering Kirby game, in my opinion. Uh, up to this point, there have been other Kirby titles released, most notably the actual Kirby's Dreamland, which was the first one that started the whole thing. Again, if you want a, if you want to look back in the past of what Kirby has changed and turned into, go go look, just look at the screenshots. Just type in Kirby's Dreamland Game Boy and see what the screenshots come up. That boy has changed over the years. Um, and of course, back on the any on the Game Boy, it was just green and, and gray pixels on the screen. There was no color. Kirby's pink now. Uh, this was the first time that I can recall that I can recall of him going through his change into what he would become that we know today. Kirby's Adventure is a great, great NES title. Uh, the main draw for this title is the fact that this is the first time, again, I can recall him being able to suck enemies in and then use those, uh, use those, uh, 
abilities against other enemies. You know, he was sucking a fire enemy, and he could use... He could turn into, like, a fireball that streaked across the screen. He would suck uh-huh. in this fucking rolling wheel on the stage, and he would turn it into a wheel that would uh, traverse across the stage even faster. There was even a fucking UFO, which to this day is my favorite uh, Kirby... or uh, his favorite Kirby transformation. But this was the start of that. You got to see Kirby in his pink form. He's It's still his, his same traditional platforming. There was some secret... There are a lot of secret hidden areas and levels and things to unlock in this game. Uh, one-on-one battles with mini-bosses and bosses alike. Uh, being able to suck in mini-bosses and have their abilities. Uh, I love the fucking backbreaker ability. He has a move where he would suck in an enemy and he can grab an enemy and then do a backflip and slam them on their back. Like... So much shit involved in this game. This is an early Kirby game that I definitely 100%ed. I loved it. Uh, I can still go back and play it to this day and have a good time with it. I believe that... I know that Kirby's Superstar was re-released on, a, I think, the DS. I don't know if Kirby's Adventure ever got a facelift, but it it deserved it. If it hasn't, it, it definitely deserves it. Yeah, I it was on it the has. 3DS. Yes, definitely worth it. And again, this is the... This is the start of what people know today as Mario, uh, as Kirby. I'm, I'm thinking Mario because I'm thinking <laughs> of how like, how, like Super Mario Brothers, eh, I guess he's kind of the same. It's just the fact that when he went to 3D, he's completely different. Uh, most of the time you see Kirby these days, you still see him in a side-scrolling uh, view, even when you play him in Smash. So this is, that, this is where that Kirby started for me. Um... Can we go ahead and talk about Kart Fighter? Sure. I've never played it, but go right ahead. It's it's Mario Kart and Street Fighter put together. Is this a legit thing? It is a legit thing. I um, sent you a link for it. Well, Take a look. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh, my God. This, this is game of the year right so here. Not really legit. It's a Chinese this game. This is unlicensed in 93 for the Famicom, so only the people, only the good, our good friends in Japan got to play this. Uh, All I can see is the Yasi versus Peach battle in the clouds, and it's the best thing ever. Uh, this game is, this game is by far the best K game I can see. Wow. I mean, <laughs> above Kirby's I just had to, Dream I had to Land, point out that it was there. Above Kirby's uh, adventure, I'm going to say no. You're absolutely wrong there. Uh, Damn. Elves. <laughs> easy. Easy pick in the L. Mm. The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. This yeah. game. This game, I'm telling you. This was, it. this was my number three until Breath of the Wild showed up and was like, hey, we got to talk. Uh <laughs> I love Link's Awakening, man. I have spent so many hours as a young teenager playing this game. Uh, got to play it. I specifically played it on the road, and then I took it home and played it off the road. Uh, sent two different letters to Nintendo of America asking for help on how to get past things in this game. Uh, one was uh, the Grotto boss, the level two boss, and then how to actually get through the uh, the uh, sky or the... Uh, the tower. I think it's like the seventh dungeon of the game. Anyway, uh, all the things that you know and love about the Zelda games are all present here. Uh, Link's there. The Master Sword is there. Uh, collecting weapons to use in various dungeons. Finding items across the board. 
across the world map, finding collectibles to upgrade things, uh, a good story, a really good story, actually, uh, great music uh, for the Game Boy, great graphics. I mean, this game, I man, this is another one of those games that I remember having the uh, the Handy Boy and having those two mm-hmm. fucking speakers blaring this music <laughs> at me. It's just, oh, man, living the high life, living the high life. Uh, arguably, definitely up there in the top tier of Zelda games of all time. Uh, if you want the antithesis of what this is, you can check out two other Zelda games that released this year, uh, but we won't. We won't give those any more spotlight than they've yeah. already been given. Uh, Link's Awakening. This game was the bane of my childhood gaming. Oh, yeah? I played it. I put who knows how many hours into it. And I got to a certain point, and I could not figure out what to do after that, no matter what I did. I was, Can you, know, you remember where that was or where you no, were? Or, no, no, that was... That, I was even younger, you know... You played it as a teen. I played it as a preteen. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I no, it was it was to the point where I think I just straight up stopped playing it after putting, like I said, who knows how many hours into it, because I just made no progress. I was just going around exploring everything I could. <laughs> this this is uh, something that this is one of the things that Zelda was known for back in the day for me is that even though they have this whimsical, lighthearted, very colorful atmosphere, there are some pretty tricky puzzles in this game. Uh, now, again, that's very subjective. It's per person. I'm sure there's somebody out there that says they blew through this game in six hours, first time, they had no trouble. I get that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even back to the original Zelda, especially back to the very first uh, Zelda game, I mean, there were somewhat cryptic ways to get through and or to find the dungeons in that game uh i remember a couple hang-up points in this game and i remember a couple hang-up points in uh a link to the past i remember a couple hang-up points in ocarina uh yeah i mean there were there were puzzle aspects of this game so you being stuck yeah it's gonna happen definitely good game definitely deserves to be mentioned and i mean if i'm sure Whenever we get to a Game Boy list, uh, this is this is gonna be on a couple of them. Uh, yeah, mainly mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean it. It'll probably be on mine, despite the hardness, because it was enjoyable. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like I didn't enjoy playing it. It was just I got stuck. Yeah. Uh, any other L's for you? You too. Uh, I guess. You know, I'll give a shout out to Lemmings 2. Never played it, yep. but I love Lemmings. I, when I saw that name, I was like, I think, yeah, yeah Chris, yeah, Chris. Yeah, I love the game. Uh, never played 2, but it was more of the same from what I saw earlier when I looked at the article. And, I mean, looking at the list, uh, I didn't write it on my list because I didn't play it, but I guess maybe it might deserve to be mentioned. Uh let me find it real quick. I'm in the L's. I'm in the L's. It was a legend, maybe. Luf. Was it Lufia? Yeah, Luf, Luf, Lufia. Yeah, that looks um, familiar. I know I've seen this game and I've heard about it, but I've never played it. Uh, I think this is like a kind of sort of RPG. I mean, there's fucking anime blaring across the title, and I see top-down stuff. So I'm thinking, 
I'm thinking RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I want to say, yeah, it, it, it's something to be mentioned. It's it's an SNES RPG. I think I remember seeing ads for this quite often, but uh, I didn't write it on my list because I didn't play it. Also, uh, no, that's another that's another year that that game. I was thinking of uh, uh, Legend of Lagaya. Was that this year? No, that's not even a that's a fucking PlayStation game. What am I thinking of? There was a legend of there was a legend of something. Ah, fuck it. I'm just going crazy. All right, moving on. Moving yeah. on. Uh moving on to the M's. Uh okay. Here's so earlier I mentioned <laughs> uh let's get the shit out of the way though first. Uh in this M's I just I'm gonna have to I have to submit this on my podcast. I played Mario is Missing. This, again, was in that time where I was borrowing everything. I mean, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep writing an excuse forever mm-hmm. because it is true. That's most of the reason why I played shitty games like that. Um, I borrowed this game. I, this was latter toward the end of somebody's list, but I did borrow this game because it had Mario in it. And I knew, I mean, I knew it wasn't Super Mario World. I knew it wasn't Super Mario Brothers 3. But I borrowed it. And I only played it for maybe, maybe, God, I want to say a week. (laughs) I really don't remember much about it. I really don't remember much about it. I I wish I could give you like this ironic playthrough review of what it was like and all, but I remember it not being good. I remember it not being Mm -hmm. basically not any kind of Mario game I was ever familiar with. But I'm telling you, this is when I realized that gaming for me, gaming for me was basically crack because here I was playing this game (laughs) and I kept playing it. Because I have fucking yeah. nothing else. I borrowed everything else. And I guess in retrospect, maybe what I should have done is just borrowed somebody else's games or did what I do and just play a game through again. But I had this fucking Mario game. And for whatever reason, just, just to fucking play through a game, I kept playing through it. Uh, bad. That's that's where I'll leave it. I mean, it's, it's a bad game. Uh... That's okay though. M's are M's are not not that bad this year at all because three Mega Man game came three Mega Man games came out this year. Uh, and actually, in the list, all right, it's pretty much this order for the way I've got them listed is the way that I would prefer them. Uh, there was Mega Man Four for the Game Boy, which, as I mentioned before, Mega Man Game Boy games are notoriously difficult. They're known for being difficult. I will say that having played all of them, that. The, on the 25th anniversary, uh, the year of the 25th anniversary, I will say that the one thing I did note about the Game Boy games is it was nice, just like the Nintendo games, it was nice to go through them and see their progression. It was cool to see the graphic upgrades, the the level traversal upgrades, the way that the, the extra weapons you would get. Uh, I don't have a detailed list of all of them. But I know if this is the fourth one in the list, I know that, that more changes, more upgrades were made. And again, it was nice. It was nice. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got Mega Man 6 this year also for the NES. This is a... This was... We're coming toward the end of the Nintendo life cycle. This was the game that, that sent that down the, down the, down the pike for me. Uh, I don't remember if I read somewhere... 
I don't remember how it came across my mind or how it came across my vision, but I was it was made understood to me that Mega Man Six would be the last NES Mega Man game, and yeah, very good Mega Man game. Uh, the the notable thing about this one was the fact that you could play that rush turned into. Uh, instead of just turning into a springboard or turning into a submarine, he would turn into uh, armor augments for you to let you to give you more uh, options and functionality in the game. Uh, he could turn into a power armor suit that basically lets you punch things, and it, it was a very powerful punch. Notably, you could punch bricks uh, throughout the world, which would unlock not only like items, but also on a couple occasions, I think it unlocked like secret uh, extra paths, so different routes through the levels. It's very cool. You could also play. Uh, I'm sorry, he could also turn into a jetpack function, which would you know, as a jetpack, you you could fly across the screen. Um. Also notable about those individual armor pieces is that they worked off of a meter. You didn't have to have that meter refilled like you would uh, weapons throughout the game. So when you played as, as the uh, the armor suit, he would punch and a meter would go down and you'd have to wait for a second for it to fill back up. Same thing with the jetpack. So you would fly and the meter would go down. When the meter was out, you ran out of basically fuel and you would land and you'd have to wait for it to charge back up. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Really cool. Uh Everything else, Mega Man, pretty much still just the same, folks. I mean, you've got eight bosses. It's side-scrolling. You can find basically an order of operations to kill them all uh, quickly. There's uh, Beat. I believe Beat makes a return in this one as well, which is you collect uh, the letters, and he becomes uh, a one, basically a one-shot kill for almost every enemy of the game and does a lot of damage to bosses. He basically homes on them and flies to them and kills them pretty quick. Uh, and it's more Mega Man. And again, sadly, it was the last Mega Man in the on the in the NES life cycle. But that's okay, because in this year also we get Mega Man X. Oh man, this is another one of those games where I feel wait, like wait, 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 we're gonna one second. Okay, one second. Okay, we got. I I I've actually missed a game. My bad. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Did oh, you man. want to talk about I guess Mario I was, missing? I I was kind of I was I was looking and I was looking and I was like oh I I I, I got too busy looking ahead instead of looking at where we were at. Yeah, that fucking wiki Lufia and the you. Fortress of Doom. You ever heard I of that? I knew it. I knew you had played this. Ah, oh. fucking oh my god, this game. All right, <laughs> this game this game is better when it's taken as part of the series in whole, but. It's such a it, it it's, it's so damn good. You you you'd have to understand just by this this story alone the way it plays out. Oh man, this is the first the, game, correct? Or is this a sequel? This is the this is the first game. Uh, Rise of the Centrals is the second. Okay, and you can play them in any order you want because the story is going to make sense regardless. But you essentially play this uh, this nameless you know, RPG character. Um, you've come across characters, obviously one of them is named Lufia, but it is, you go, you go through and you, you basically achieve the thing that your parents could not. That was like the whole thing about the game is that like, you're told about like what was going on in the backstory and, and how, you know, 
all these sacrifices were made before, you know, just to get you to the point you're at. And once you finally, you know, you overcome that, that hurdle that they weren't able to overcome. It was so good. It's such a fucking good game. I don't want to ruin too much. Oh, that, no, no, I'm no, just please. saying. I'm just saying. Because the game looks good from what I'm seeing just by screenshots. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of weird the way it works because your characters are like in this little box. Okay. And it, in Lufia 2, the boxes are all on the bottom of the screen, but in Lufia 1, they're, they're kind of made into a little square and your characters actually attack out of the box. Mm. Your characters are inside the box and they come out of the box and hit people. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, the little box where you have your HP, MP, all that other shit. Uh, there, it's all in that one, you know, little spot. And they just kind of step up and swack the shit out of it, whatever you're attacking. It's kind of, instead of it being, uh, your traditional, uh, horizontal plane, like think Final Fantasy where you have like the enemy on the left and your characters on the right and they kind of yeah. step over and hit them like that. It, it's going vertically, so the enemy is in front of you, and they step up and hit. Oh, man. But when you combine this game with its sequel, I didn't actually like this game as much until I played the sequel. And when I went back and played the sequel, I went back and played the first one again, and it, it, it just it, it, they mix so well. Oh, man, it's so good to hear. And both of these were it, on the Super it, Nintendo as well, right? Yeah, and the cool thing about this was... <clears throat> You know, the characters are just very memorable. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you have, they've kind of got the, the anime archetypes with the, the Sundare and the fucking, you know, you have the, the character that's fucking all about brute strength and the character that's all about, uh, using bows and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I, I would say play the series. If you, I would start with Lufia 2, since it's a prequel. Uh huh. And then move on to Lufia 1 if you want the more coherent story. Gotcha. <laughs> but if you want to be able to play it the way I did, which was playing the original Lufia first and then coming back and playing the second game. Oh man. It, it was good w- one way or another. Yeah. <sighs> Well, good man, good. Glad I'm glad it jogged your memory to make you want to talk about it because I knew it was, I knew Lufia was something that we had talked about before. It's the fact the fact that I haven't played it doesn't it doesn't it it. I remember seeing ads for this and for the sequel as well. I just it it just never come across my path in life. I never got to play it personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, it's all about it. It is all about. You know, this family's personal sacrifices to go into this, you know, to, to get this task accomplished. Oh, it's, it's so damn good. Yeah. So, moving back down the list of the M's, where we left off was Mega Man X. Um, My bad. Yeah. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to spend another 20 minutes of this podcast (laughs) talking about Mega Man X. Uh, This game has been done proper justice across the board. A couple noteworthy games I would say you can go check out. There's a YouTube channel. uh, His name is Some Call Me Johnny. He recently did a Mega Man X retrospective of the first game, and he basically geeks out almost the same exact way that uh, uh, Aaron Ego Raptor does in his sequelitis Mega Man X video. 
almost almost everyone has done Mega Man X. They've done full playthroughs. They've done uh, tributes. They've done retrospectives. We've talked about on this podcast. I mean that that game is damn near liquid perfection as far as platforming, as far as the Mega Man formula. Uh, it's got everything you could possibly need. It's got bosses with uh, with equal weaknesses. It's got upgrades to Mega Man X himself via armors. Uh, it has the ability to uh, you can you can charge your Buster shot, but he, you can also charge weapons up if you have that upgrade. It's got it actually has plot in it uh, and good plot. It's not the first game. It's not the first game. Not the first Mega Man game to have plot, but it definitely has deeper, more involved plot. Uh, it's got great fucking soundtrack, uh, adequate and justifiable difficulty. I mean, this game is this game is so good. This game is so good. Has lots of polish, a lot of flair. Still holds up to this day. Has lots of sequels down the road, no doubt. But this is this is this is the first, and it's oh man, Mega Man X is so good. So many cherished memories, but especially in my life, being a fucking hardcore Mega Man fan. But in anybody, anybody that ever got their hands on this game. So early in the SNES life cycle, too. Um, Mortal Kombat 2 also came out this year, folks. Yep. Uh, more characters to the roster. A little, little upgraded the graphics as well. Uh, you get more fatalities, more combat, more Mortal Kombat. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah. I remember the notable thing about this when I first saw it, the first person I picked was Baraka because he had fucking blades in his arms. I thought that was mm-hmm. the coolest shit in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my, having... Uh, go ahead. My big uh, memory for this game is we went and bought I think we got it at the pawn shop, too, because that's how I got a lot mm-hmm. of my you know games back in the day. Um, yeah. Took it home. I beat it on the very first try. Oh, wow. I was like, oh... Well, <laughs> never, <laughs> never could do it again. You know, just go through, not a single loss, just straight through like, what, 15 minutes? <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes, something like that. Yeah, my done. first memory of this game was I walked into an arcade and they didn't have this in the normal cabinet. They had it in like the big super, like, you know, special cabinet that they just basically had to take whatever little... Uh, hard drive was in the back of the cabinets and put it, they could put like different games on it. Mm-hmm. But it had, its screen was like the size of like, it was like a, I want to say it's like an 80 inch screen or something like that. And it had, you know, way more control spots than you needed for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but it was made to just take any type of game. And they had it, it was like front and center of the arcade and it was, you know, there was a crowd of people around it. And oh, I was watching yeah. this. This one guy using Shang Tsung, which was a big deal because he's the boss of the first game. Mm-hmm. He's just rolling up, beating the living fuck out of, uh, I don't even know who he was fighting. But he he dominated two or three different people. And I remember seeing the stage where it showed Kano and Sonya chained up in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking Shang Tsung's on well, his throne. On his, uh, I want to say I mean, like the second or third throne. Sorry, yeah. Uh-huh. You see, like the the second or third fight he was on, he went to do his fatality, and he turned into one the new Goro 
God which was Katara. You son of a bitch. You stole my moment. Yes. Yep. He turned yes. into that and he punched that son of a bitch in half. And I was like, dude, how the fuck did you do that? Yes. And he immediately told me. It was the first thing I found out about this new Mortal Kombat was how to do that fatality. Okay. The reason like, why for yes. me that was such an important moment is because this was at a time, this was before the internet age for me. So the rumor mill was literally word of mouth rumor mill. This was kids in a fucking schoolyard or on the school bus or in class passing notes, whatever the fuck they were doing. Hey, the new Mortal Kombat game's out. Did you hear that Shang Tsung, who we know can morph into people, he can morph into Ken, uh, uh, Kentaro. And it's like, no, no fucking way. Well, yeah, if you do this and have this specific thing, and then in the second round you have to like hold the low kick button for 30 seconds or some bullshit, and it's like, this all sounds so made up. And me being at a friend's house and watching somebody pull this shit off on their Sega Genesis in real time in front of my face blew my little fucking mind. I was like, wow, this is the possibilities for games are endless. endless. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, good shit with this game, man. Um... I guess that's it for the M's for me. I got one. Okay. Um, I think, Adam, maybe you played this. Uh, Mist? Mist? Yeah. You mean Riven, the sequel to Mist? Wait, no. <laughs> Riven, Riven was my jam, but I did play Mist. Okay. And it is awesome. Yeah, so Mist for- is a uh, puzzle, point-and-click uh, adventure game. And what I remember most about this game is, holy shit, is it hard. Um, you are not fucking kidding. Yeah, I played this as an adult. Okay, I didn't even play it back then. I played it as an adult. I was at uh, comm school. So I'd gone through boot camp, MCT, and I was at comm school, you know, learning my computer stuff that I already knew. Um, and me and my roommate sat there playing this game, and between the two of us, uh, we could not do it. I, I was like, all right, we're not going to look stuff up. We're going to play through this. And they got to the point where we're like, all right, we're going to look it up. But we're only going to read like one line at a time on the game fact article. We're only going to get this one thing we need and move on. And I was like, all right, did that. And we'd spend so much time. We'd be, you know, we'd read our one line to get our hint. And then we'd spend 30 minutes. And we're like, all right, we need the next line. We're just, we can't figure this out. <laughs> Man. See, this is, uh, see, because my uncle had this game. He he was the one that had the, the PC with the games on it. Mm-hmm. And I'd go over to my, you know, my uncle's house and he'd be like, oh yeah, you, you try this game out. See if you can figure it out for me. And he throws fucking, you know, this game at me and I'm like, oh my God. You have to, <laughs> you have to put this together and touch that in just such a way that it creates a magnet so that you can pull the key from out from underneath the door to do this thing. Oh, my fuck. Yep. And mm-hmm. I, over the course of a couple of years, <laughs> I got like 80% through this game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and that was with me going over there probably two, several times a week and just cracking out on it the entire yeah. time. Yeah. And it has multiple endings. Oh, God, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I think at least one of them is a bad ending. 
<laughs> at least <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. I, Somewhere out there, there's a computer that's got Windows 95 on it. Mm-hmm. And that yep. computer has my save file for Mist. It's probably in a dumpster somewhere. <laughs> Gentlemen, I want to welcome you to NBA Jam. That's my end pick for this year. Uh, again, still not hold, a sports guy. Hold on, hold on. I'm, hold I'm, on. I'm, I'm you, sorry. You, you missed Mutant League football. Oh, I, I'm okay. My bad. I should have asked. <laughs> no, nope, never. Mutant League football. Nobody's played this? I've uh, seen it played, seen playthroughs, but I've never played it myself. That, they even came out with a cartoon for it. Oh, yeah, um, they did. And the cool thing about this was it had, it was like college football teams, but they were all like changed. So instead of being like the screaming eagles, it's the screaming evils. <laughs> and like they had like different little races of monsters. So like you had the lizard people and like the, uh, the orcs and the fucking skeletons and shit like that. And you run around and you could like cheat. There were like little cheat plays you could do that would like, kill like their quarterback you know stuff like yeah, that yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and people would die <laughs> and then, and then they would at, come up with the shots for this yeah they would come up with a uh, little thing that said that this character had died and they were gone forever yeah so you'd lose them for the season they were they were done because they got eight i see that there were different uh terrains you could play for the football on as well the football yep. it was like a desert you looking could, level you could, a, you could play the football. Quit laughing oh, at me, Chris. Okay. You too, Adam. <laughs> Fuck both of you. Damn. I think it looks like this game got a remake. I'm seeing Did like it? a mix as I'm looking at the screenshots. I'm seeing like mix between like the 16 Genesis version and like what looks like fucking realistic like 2018 Madden shit. Maybe you got a remake. Um, I see this logo that looks like it's a remake style logo. Uh, PSP in 2006. Uh, it might be that one. It might be that. Yeah, that. Well, I know they had like early. a hockey game. Yeah, now I'm seeing it. Mutant um, League, Mutant Football League is one I'm seeing. There's a there's a gameplay trailer from 2017. Huh. I mean, I definitely would. You know, it's sure because it, it 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 has a formula that that's interesting. Okay, yeah, so. Mutant, Mutant Football League. Yeah, Mutant Football League is a spiritual successor uh, by the original creator and lead designer. Nice. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was like mines and stuff on the football field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never played it, but I remember. Like you could bribe the ref. Stuff. I remember now. Now I'm, uh, now I'm looking at it. I can, <clears throat> there was a whole lot of cool stuff you could do. Yeah. But anywho, this game was this game was fun as fuck. Yeah. I recommend it. Yeah, I recommend it today. It's probably I, still good. I like the theming of it. Football, but with, with very cute uh, fucking monster shit laid over the top. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. So NBA Jam. That's the only end that I have listed. Uh, again, just like I said with <laughs> league, with me still not being a sports watcher or player, this game was fun just because of the extreme uh, the extremities of this game was mm-hmm. what made it good for me the ability to get a football to get the goddamn the ability, get the foosball the ability to get the basketball thrown to you and you basically do a fucking slam the potential to do this, to do a slam dunk all the way from the other side of the court is pretty fucking cool shatter the backboard uh, 
Yeah, Shadow in the backboard. Uh, he's on fire, actually being on fire and having flames across your feet as you as you speed up across the board. Putting in oh, the uh, the thing and getting Jordan unlocked. Yeah, putting in all the codes and getting all the characters that as as the succession of NBA jams that came out that would have more and more wacky, crazy characters brought into it. Uh, fucking Bill Clinton comes to mind. Like you can play as Bill Clinton. Uh, the fact that this is a basketball game that didn't take itself too seriously and added the addition of like power ups and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, really cool, man. Really cool. I had a lot of fun playing NBA Jam and Tournament Edition. Uh, the NBA Showdown was one I remember playing for the N64. The, I mean, the list goes on. There's NFL Blitz. So many sports games that follow this formula of going, hey, let's let's fucking draw back the the, the seriousness and add video game shit to it, like levels and stats and power ups and whatnot it's very fun uh guys i have nothing else until we get to s so if you guys have, have anything between i have a p okay um panic <gasps> was this that sega cd game yeah yes god i can't believe i didn't put that on here yes panic oh my god you know what i saw this game and i remember it has something to do with the remote right yeah, this game is a just random as random can be uh, point and click puzzle game. I didn't even realize it was a puzzle game. I just thought it was being weird to be weird. Um, yeah, I remember you, being puzzled. Yeah, you're going through basically traversing screens and you'll come across some that, you know, will end the game for you. Uh, some... There's just a variety of effects. I know as a child, you know, a young me playing this game, one of my favorite ones uh, was on the screen. You have like this, it, you see kind of like off in the horizon um, and you press the button and a butt comes up <laughs> and then a nuclear uh, cloud, you know, is farted out of the butt and it's just, it's like really you know but it was so fun it was hilarious back then um, i remember us playing this game chris you oh and yeah I. I remember i remember going through the rooms if i can equate this to anybody that's that's curious uh think think warrior wear but more there's stuff on the screen you have to figure out what to do think warrior wear but more point clicky it's like '90s uh, Edge. Yeah, there's gonna be you're gonna go into a you're gonna go you're gonna come across a screen that you have to figure out the puzzle for to go to the next screen. The next screen's gonna be random, and it's you have to interact with something on the screen somehow. You got to do something. Uh, there may have been a time limit. I don't remember, but that's the general idea. Clear the rooms. It's clear the rooms. The game. I just want to. I was reading the wiki page, and GamePro gave it less than a 1.0. Oh god! It was one of only. It says it's on one of only twelve games in Game Pro history to earn a score of one point wow. or lower. This okay? Come on, let me, Game Pro. Let me tell you, Game Pro, Ga- this game was not bad. Okay, it wasn't Game Pro? You, and to tell you that it wasn't wrong, apparently it was re-released for the PlayStation Two in two thousand two. Yeah, oh, man, I had no I idea. Mean, damn, <laughs> this game was. I mean, this is that. This is a nonsensical somewhat fun get some people around let's try these rooms and see what the rooms have to offer that's it but bad no no mm-hmm. um so random anything else between n's and s's for you adam anything you see 
Let's take a look at the S's. Oh, yeah, I've actually well, got two. I mean, there's games. a bunch in the S's, but we got N O P Q. If you see anything in there, I, I did not. I got good two R's for you. Okay, good call on Panic. Go two, for man. it. Um, first one is Ridge Racer. Oh man, Ridge Racer. I'm showing how like I don't. Man, it's bad. Wait, I should have put wait. that. Ridge Racer came out in '93. Wow. Apparently in the arcade. It didn't come to PlayStation until 95. Yeah, um, I had no idea. And to be fair, I didn't play it in the arcade. I played it on PlayStation. Um, it's a racing game, as the name implies. Boy. Race on a ridge. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, did this one really have anything that stood out for I think it was just another racing game. Uh, I yeah, think I'm, the un, the cars that you could unlock were the most notable thing to me. Like unlocking that fucking black car that had like super max speed and awesome turning and all that. It's really the only thing I remember other than just fucking arcade racing. And the fact that this was like a 93, you know, early 90s game that had, you know, pretty good car looks, visuals for, you know, for the time. Mm-hmm. That's about it. All right. Now, you guys can't tell me that neither of you ever played RoboCop versus the Terminator. If well, this... I played it, but it was not <laughs> anything I can remember. I remember the theming, and that is it. I remember it was like a platformer. Yep. I I did. Yes, I did play It was play utterly this. forgettable to me. <laughs> Probably about 20 minutes and said, nah, I'm good. All right, that's about what I expected. I also <laughs> played Riddick Bow Boxing, but I couldn't tell you much about that either. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you played Mario's Missing. What? Having having played it doesn't mean I have anything to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I played that game, Chris, but I don't. I mean, sure, it was there. Yeah. Uh, I can't even tell you why it was bad or if it was horrible. Or, I just remember playing it and being like. And moving on. You gotta remember, man, I've been burned by the Terminator 2 NES mm-hmm. game, so I see Terminator title and I go, I don't know about that. <laughs> I did play uh I did play rock and roll racing. Oh yeah? Yeah. It was pretty good from what I can I can remember it being pretty good and that I wanted to play more, but I my friend took the cartridge and then later moved. Yeah. So I, I, I wanted to I wanted to mention Rocket Knight Adventures as well. I've ne- I have yet to play that, but I remember hearing really good things about that game. Uh, has a lot of varying. It's a platformer. It's got a lot of good, uh, varying worlds, and it has yeah. the fact that he has a rocket on his back and he uses that to traverse, get more height to his jumps and stuff like that. I've yet to play it. It is on my like. It's up there on the back of my, on the top of my need to get to list. Because uh, we all know I love platformers. I think this is all. It's had a sequel. I think it's also yeah. had a remake as well. So, yeah, Rocket Knight. I will get to you someday. I think the S is uh, the S is the category that I have the most titles for on my list. Um, yeah, right off the bat, Samurai Showdown. Uh, notably, the arcade Neo Geo and Neo Geo CD release. All the other releases came out ninety four plus. But this was the first time you got to see Samurai Showdown in action. Very, very good arcade fighting game. Secret Amada for this year as well. 
Yeah. Uh, yes. Great fucking Super Nintendo RPG. Has gotten a remaster that I was going to pick up on the Steam sale, but I've heard kind of meh things about it. And I think the Steam sale had it like 15 bucks. And I said, I'll, I'll wait. Because <laughs> uh, I don't want that to be a bad game. Maybe it won't be. Uh, it could be the people that didn't like it. The Super Nintendo didn't like the remake either. But Secret of Mana, uh, we've discussed on our uh, top Super Nintendo games list as well. Love this game. Uh, it's an RPG, yes, but it's a action RPG. Your characters are sprites literally on the screen, and so are enemies, and you don't run into them and get to a different battle screen. You fight them on the screen with your weapon. The weapon you can up, you can upgrade over time. You can uh, find magic and use that as well. Very good music. Uh, has some Mode 7 graphics with the map, but you don't really see that till way later. It was multiplayer. Uh, it's yeah. multiplayer RPG, multiplayer action RPG. Hello, awesome. Yeah. Good story. All around solid RPG installment on the Super Nintendo. Uh, Chris, if I remember right, you said you didn't really care for this. I I don't recall how I really felt about the Super Nintendo version. Yeah. But I played it on PS4, the remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I do not like the sword stamina system. That completely is killing me. Yeah, if you don't like that stamina system, it's going to kill the game for you. Because that's kind of a... all the Every secret of has that. Yeah. There there have been many secret sequels in the secret series. There have been many sequels in the secret series. There's a tongue twister. The secrets of the secret sorcerer. I think sure. there was there was a Legend of Mana for the PlayStation. There, I think Sienkin Detsu was the Japanese. Yeah, that's Japanese name. Yeah, yeah. So and there's this 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 is a whole series of games. I played Legend of Mana a little bit, uh, but yeah, I love this game to death. Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. I know y'all have played this. Of course you have. This is I was an looking arc- at it. This is an arcade Sonic the Hedgehog game. We've nope. all played, right? You right. don't remember, remember You that. don't remember Mighty the Armadillo and oh, Ray God. the Flying Squirrel? You see, I do. But I don't remember from this game. I've never fucking played this game. No <laughs> arcade I have ever been into has ever had. A Sonic the Hedgehog arcade game, oh, not even like we stuck a Genesis in a t- in a arcade cabinet and you're playing Sonic. Like nothing, never played Sonic. But this is a thing that existed, and I just thought I'd mention that the Sega game that did come out this year that's worth mentioning, Sonic CD. Uh, good platforming for you. Has a somewhat interesting, pretty cool time traveling mechanic where you can travel to different uh, two different time eras of the same level. Uh, stuff will have changed and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Correct me, Chris. Is it Mecha or Metal Sonic that's in this one? Uh, I want to say it's Mecha. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's. Mecha I was Sonic thinking Metal. One. I'll read through well, the maybe it's metal. Uh, wiki. Yeah, I think Metal Sonic is is uh, pretty metal, sure it's Metal. metal. Yep. Yeah, wiki Metal Sonic in this one, racing his ass across the stages. Uh, very unique music that apparently the original Japanese version and this version has two different music types and huh. we got the weirder version uh remember the death the game over music for this is like whoa yeah. yeah creepy kind of music but all in all a, a an entry on the sonics on the uh sega cd mm-hmm. i mean i remember playing it it was yeah, i still own it <laughs> yeah um 
It's just a sad thing about the Sega CD, man. Just kind of like the Saturn, like the, and the Dreamcast yeah. too. Is like it's just they just didn't fucking pan out. There were not a lot of titles. It had some good mm-hmm. ones, it had a lot of shit ones, but unfortunately that library was so small. Like so, when you see the shit ones, it just really outweighs everything else. Yeah. Uh, Star Fox came out this year. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, 3D mode 7 graphics, uh, the, you get to see the fucking R-Wing, and you get the whole Star Fox team for the first time. You can break your space. wings off and shit. You can have upgrades to upgrade your lasers, you go through multiple paths around this galaxy, uh, very interesting and varying boss types, uh, secret paths, secret areas you can unlock. Speaking of Star Fox, you looking forward to that game coming out later this year? Yeah, we, uh, um, so, but yeah, this, this game is a, this is, an, this is, this and, and, uh, Star Fox 64, this is what we want from the next Star Fox sequel when we get a legit Star Fox sequel. We had so many fucking hits and misses and so many half and halves. Like, this is the one we want. Uh, great game. I remember playing this game for hours and hours on end back in the day. I remember it being pretty difficult, but I mean, everything was difficult in my teenage years. Just had a good fucking time with this. Street Fighter 2 The World Warrior and Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting came out this year. Well, those are the same ones as previous year. Yep, certainly are. Super Street Fighter 2 also. Uh, we also got Super Mario All-Stars this year. Another fun game to my collection. Uh, I borrowed this game way longer than I should have, but <laughs> awesome. You got Mario 1, Mario 2, Mario 3, and the Japanese Mario 2, what we would call the Lost, the lost Levels. levels. All in yep. one bundle. And, if I'm not mistaken, there were also versions of this game where you got Super Mario World as well. So you could potentially have five titles in one game. The great thing about this is this is this is this may not have been the first. I really don't know. I've never done research on it. But the fact that this is basically what remastering was like back in the day. You had a NES game like Mario, Super Mario Brothers got ported to the Super Nintendo with Super Nintendo graphics. Awesome. Upgraded graphics for all three titles. Great, great way to do justice to these games. Uh, and then throwing in basically an unknown game to us. Uh, I think this started to unravel the scheme of, you know, hey, you know, we realized we gave you Mario 2. That's not exactly Mario 2. Here's the real Mario 2. Uh, shed some light on all that mystery back in the I day. I think but, they should have put Doki Doki Panic back on there. Yeah. Just, yeah. If you're going to just blatantly rip that game off, put it in there. Uh, great game. I love having all these games all in one bundle, and I, I like the justice that I mean, it's Nintendo doing Nintendo justice. Come on, it's just it's it's great. Uh, upgraded graphics for all three. Good good fun game. Any other S's for you, gentlemen? Yeah, how are you going to talk about Sonic and not talk about Sonic Spinball? Ah, uh, because I never played it. Oh, well, shame <laughs> on you. I know. I, still have I to own play this it. game. You have no excuse. More, more like Sonic Spitball. Wait. Uh, no. Anyway, cricket. So, <laughs> as the uh, as the name alludes to, it was a pinball game that you played with Sonic. So Sonic was your ball, and you flung him around the screen, uh, uh, killing enemies, trying to you know get emeralds, and then fighting bosses. Uh, a fairly difficult game, 
um, at least back as a, you know, wee lad. Um, it, ha- it only has actually four levels, um, but that's a bit misleading <laughs> with all the stuff you have to do in them to get the emeralds. Uh, I don't think I ever made it past the second level um, because of how difficult it got and time-consuming it was. Um, Yeah, good game. And from what I'm seeing, uh, no, I still don't want to say that for a fact because I'm I'm really trying to look up whether this game was packaged. It, It was either packaged or you can buy it in a bundle deal. Something about this game. I remember there being a, uh, remember there being a ROM where both these games were on the same fucking ROM. So it has to be that these games came at some point bundled in the same cart. That's going to bug me. More to come yeah. in the future. Any other S's from you gentlemen? Um, I could mention SimCity, but I think I'm going to wait till it was actually released on PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters. Six words, holy fuck, and a lot of fucking syllables. But man, again, not being a hardcore fighter, just loving everything Ninja Turtles, this was fucking, I love this game. Uh, put about as many hours into this as I did to Killer Instinct, and that should tell somebody something, because that's pretty much my favorite fighting game of all time. Uh, all the turtles are there. A lot of the uh, iconic uh, Ninja Turtles characters are there. Even some new characters. They're all done just. If, they're all done pretty pretty good justice. They all have their own move sets, special moves. Uh, there's all the typical fanfare of a fighting game. There. I mean, there's bosses. There's hidden characters, etc., etc. Uh, played this game for so many hours just because I got to play as the turtles. Uh, and I love their I love their voiceovers for all their for all their effects. Uh, I feel bad now about not talking about Sonic Spinball because I haven't played it, but I knew about Sonic Spinball. I know about Tiny Toon Adventures Buster Bust Loose because I've seen I saw a Nintendo Power that basically had like a level or two entirely laid out in like a playthrough, a player's guide almost, and I've I've constantly wanted to go back and play this game because the colors and the fact that I like Turn Your Adventures, I've just never got to play it. I heard it's really good. It's got a like a speed meter mechanic so you can you can run across the screen or you can use this meter to really dash across the screen until the meter runs out. It's supposed to have somewhat puzzle uh, sections in, that's going to incorporate that. I just I have yet to play it but I want to. Another game up there on my must play list. Uh... Any T's, UVs, anything else on the last of list? Because all I got to V, and I'm and I'm done. Yeah, wasn't a whole lot that came out this year. Like that, some like, good piqued my interest. I should say. It definitely had some hits. You know, it with did. Mega it Man, had it had one or two highlights. Star Fox, Mega Man X, uh, Secret of Mana. Secret of Mana. The fact of no Final Fantasy really bummed me out. I think that that was the start of just running me down the hill of, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, for the tease, the only other one I had was ToeJam & Earl and Panic on Funkatron. Yeah, my um, wife loved that game. Yeah, I, I played as a weird game. Um, I'd like to go back and play it now that I'm, you know, smarter than I was back then and actually understand what's going on. Um. I didn't want to throw out a little shout out to uh, Virtua Fighter. 
That was my V. That's the one uh, that I uh, put in my yeah. list. That was the that was the coolest freaking game when it came out. You we were playing this. Did y'all play in the, in the arcade? arcade. Yeah. Yep. This is the first time I ever played this game. Was in the arcade. Ring out. The, seeing the graphics, seeing the 3D stuff, and the, <laughs> again, you you really have to take your mind out of today and put it back in 1993. Me seeing this game in the arcade, I was like, the the future's coming. The future <laughs> of video games. This this is right here. Look at this. Look at the 3D. The oh, it looks so cool. Can't wait. Ah, oh, Sonic 06 is gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, I played it on uh, Saturn. Nice. Did you have a Saturn, Chris, or did you borrow it? Or I did not. This funny enough, the Saturn is the only console I am missing from Nintendo up to current gen. Wow. Whoa. So I'll eventually get one off eBay. <laughs> no, I played Andy's. Yeah. But yeah, Virtual Fighter. I played it in arcade. Very cool, very noteworthy. Uh, it's sad that that franchise. I, I hear, I, I feel like that the entire Virtual Fighter franchise has like a bit of a cult slash underground following. Mm. But I mean, it got lost to the times, man. I'm sure there's lots of Virtual Fighters out there. I remember Five being the last one that I, I think, I actually bought Five. It was on the PlayStation Two, but that game just got washed out by you know the Mortal Kombats and the Street Fighters and the Killer Instincts and the Soul Calibers and the Tekken. Dead or Alive. Uh, Five was yeah, on uh, PS3. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. if you want to go play them, there's apparently two mobile games, one from 2011 one from 2014. A mobile fighting game, you say, huh? Yeah, I don't know. Virtual <laughs> Fighter Cool Champ. And Virtual Fighter Fever Combo. Yeah, no thank you. Hardcore names. And yeah, Virtual Fighter Four was the PS2 version. That was the <laughs> one that I. That was the one that I played. Gotcha. I think that one, it had like a training mode kind of in the game. It was, it was that was a big selling point for me, and it would like take you all the way up the ranks and teach you, which so many games do now today, but. Sorry, Virtual Fighter. Uh, you do you do get mad respect for being such an early PlayStation. <laughs> I mean, an early uh, polygon style fighting game. But man, these powerhouses just came out and dominated. I remember that being a 32x game. Uh, th- yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. Mm. 32x. So I actually had a I had a friend with the 32x, and that was uh that was the only game he had for it. Yeah. Poor 32X. So there you have it, folks. That is our uh, look back on the year of 1993. And man, I feel so bad. I feel like I want to cut this and put it somewhere at the beginning of the episode. But we didn't even mention early on a very important thing about today's episode. This is the 50th numbered episode. This is the 50th episode of the End of Time cast. 50 episodes. Wow. Can't believe we yep. didn't even mention that like early at the beginning. I feel so bad, but that's it's been like twenty at most. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Someone was asleep for the it's other one. Yeah, it's that's what it was. Tops twenty, twenty-one. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So thank you definitely to any. And every individual audience member out there that's stuck with us actually subscribed and listened to the episodes. Uh, if you're catching up, 
Cool. That's good, too. I mean, technically, we really have 52-ish. Uh, we got a lot of content out there for you, and we're, we, we still have so many more episodes planned. We're, we're definitely going to keep this train running, but... It's 50 episodes. I mean, if you if you do the math, and I know this is going to be way off because we've had some mostly four. We've even had a five-hour episode almost. But, I mean, if you do the math, you're looking at over over 150 hours of content. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of... I, I want to say... Are, we are basically one Zelda game at this point. <laughs> yeah. This is this is closer to more like 160 or 170 at this point, but yeah, a lot lot of content out there, a lot of episodes, a lot of variety, and again, we have way more to come. So thank you for sticking around, listening to all these episodes and all this content. As far as today's episode, what memories do you have in the year of 1993? Like, where were you in that time? Where where did you were you were you a teenager? Do you have like teenage memories? Were you a kid? Were you just starting out in the gaming world? Are are you an older person and like this is like like nah man Atari was my teenage years come on man like where were you in 1993 and all these yeah (laughs) what was 93 like uh go through the list of 93 and look at the games that came out um there may be some on that on the list that we didn't even mention that you want to talk about or you want some spotlight on and that's good man I like to hear you know hey did you know about X game because again this is something this is something I mentioned earlier but it's it's true to this day and it's still happening to this day where with the you know with YouTube being so popular and all and anybody pretty much becoming their own content creator I'm seeing so many games coming out of the woodwork of hey here's this game that you have you heard of it no here's a five minute gameplay video and I'm like oh shit I need to play that that looks awesome that's great you might have a game like that or two or several who knows uh 93 might be your banner year for gaming uh anything that we talked any game that we talked about this episode any game that you want to talk about for 93 anything 1993 and period you want to talk about we'd love to hear about it any any game we've talked about in this episode just period we'd love to hear any and all feedback from you uh wonderful audience there's many ways to get a hold of us you can find us on facebook just search for in a time cast uh should take you to our page which we have links for all episodes yada 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 it might be how you found this episode right here. Uh, we have an email at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny uh, numbers in there. Just spell it as you heard it. We still have a Twitter page. You can you can tweet us in any way you want to get a hold of us. We'd love to hear feedback from you. Yeah, and that's going to do it for the 50th episode of the End of Timecast. And until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. Good night, everybody. Yeah, just...